Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, September 8th, 2023. We've got Thursday night football on the TV right now. Second half, I believe the Chiefs are up 14-7 right at the beginning of the second half right now. And uh, you can also see us, me and Luke. You see us on your screen. And if you don't, you need to be on YouTube. I I don't know why you're not. Seems like a a lot of people went over to YouTube for the Wednesday episode. Um, We made sure, or I made sure that I checked all of my settings uh, on OBS (laughs) to make sure that we didn't mess anything up. So this is the debut of the podcast actually on video. Fuck yeah. You excited? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, this is sick. Yeah, and we've got so much going on in sports. Obviously, football is starting, but there's quite a few things going on in the MLB. The playoff picture is just shuffling up week by week, and uh, soccer is in an interesting spot. We have the transfer window close just after our episode last week, so we have to go through some of that, and then also a little bit of controversy going on. So, um, yeah, let, let's hop right into it. MLB recap. Um Let's start. Winners and losers. As always, my first winner, your boy, the Martian, Jason Dominguez. Yes, the sir. Kid is, he's absolutely killing it. Three home runs in five games. He's the youngest Yankee to hit three home runs in five games since Mickey Mantle in 1952. I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. How, how does that make you feel? That's that's your boy. Dude, it's it's crazy, bro. Like, um, we'll, we'll get into it more later, but like this youth explosion in New York right now, like I know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those Yankees fans. that's like all in it right now. Like we're going to, you know, come back from six and a half games back, which we are by the way, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very fun, very fun baseball right now. And we're above 500. Yeah, that, that's, it's fantastic. And, and we'll continue to talk about the Yankees a little bit later, but my next loser is Angel Hernandez. He he stays on this side of the segment, as always. He just continues to be so bad. He missed 18 calls in the Dodgers-Marlins game the other day and remains the lowest-rated umpire this season by umpire auditors. Wow. Yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> brutal. He just I, – I don't, I don't know what it is about him that makes him just not be able to call a good baseball game from behind the plate. But it seems like something that should be required of an MLB umpire. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I honestly don't know what's the process of firing an umpire. Um, because no, because he's a union. Yeah, and if he's been around for this long, isn't getting picked for big postseason games, which is where the lawsuits are coming from. Why yeah. haven't they gotten rid of him already? I don't know. Um. You know, I don't know everything about the union and kind of how they operate within this. So, you know, does that change their, you know, firing processes, their contracts, thing like that? Because I, I would assume that every MLB umpire is under contract with Major League Baseball so that they're not branching out and trying to work in other leagues on the side. It, it, exactly. But it's bizarre. And I'm he should be a loser every week, honestly. Yeah, he kind of he's honorary loser week by week. We don't it doesn't need to you know it, it can go without being said that Angel Hernandez is a loser uh, week in and week out. Even when the even in the off season he's a loser. I'm sure of it. Exactly. <laughs> but these guys are not losers. The Uh-oh. Houston Astros. Oh my God, 
they have once again asserted their dominance over the AL West. They outscored the Rangers in their midweek series 39-10 to on route to a three-game sweep in Arlington. They became the first team in MLB history to score 12-plus runs and hit 5-plus homers in three straight games, and they now have sole possession of the AL West for the first time this season. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Pretty, and I know on top crazy. of all that, um, I think uh, Jose Altuve, he's hit like five home runs and like seven at-bats. Or like at one point this week, that's where he was at. It, it's absolutely we'll insane. We'll get to that. Absolutely insane. But they did get swept <laughs> by the Yankees, though. I don't know how much of a winner that makes True. them. But, but they're a winner since the last episode. Of course. <laughs> uh, but the loser happens to be on the other end. Max Scherzer and the Rangers. I grouped yes. them together here. Max happens to be on the losing side of one of the most winningest pitching matchups ever. Uh, him and Justin Verlander faced off, and they have a combined 467 career pitching wins, which is the most in a pitching matchup since September 19th, 2008, when Greg Maddox faced off against Barry Zito. Damn. Yeah, so two legends of the game. They're going head-to-head, and... Max was definitely the loser in this one. Three innings pitched, six hits, seven earned runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. Yeah, and I mean, you can definitely chalk it up to the uh, the hot Astros coming in there, but that's Max Scherzer. Um, and I definitely yeah. – uh, he I have this in my notes too, and it just kind of makes you think like where – how his time ended it with the Mets and how he wasn't really the best in New York. He was good, but he wasn't the best. I think we're definitely starting to see the, uh, a decline of, you know, one of the best players of all time easily. Yeah, and I think it's a <clears throat> it's a, it's a decline that we kind of saw coming. He slowed down just probably, you know, since he was on the Dodgers, what, two years ago? Like, there's been a, a pretty steady decline since he's gotten to New York, and I think it makes sense. He's getting up there in age, but when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, then why are Kershaw and Verlander exactly. not declining? But yeah. When it comes down to it, it's just, you know, certain guys can go longer than others. Certain guys treat their body correctly. There, There's so yeah. many factors that play into it, and I think it's just that Max happens to be the victim of, of age catching up to you. I actually, and th- this kind of brings up like a deeper conversation with me. I, When I judge legends, like, yeah, obviously you had to be good when you were a rookie all throughout your prime, but I think a lot of people – underestimate the athletes that can perform at the same level they've always played at. And in some cases, even better into like their, you know, 37s, 38s, 39s and 40s. And I feel like that's pretty underrated. And it even proves why, you know, Verlander and Kershaw, to your point, are just that damn good. Yeah, they, they really are. But let's get to the other part of this loser, which is his team, the Rangers. And it's between a few things. It's because they got absolutely shit on in the series. <laughs> also, they essentially surrendered one of the games by taking out Corey Seager after three innings, even though he's not hurt. Wow. They just took him out after three innings because <laughs> they were down by so much. And probably in an attempt to preserve his American League batting average lead, but still kind of crazy to just pull him out. Also, they're now three games back of the lead in the AL West after being six and a half games ahead at the end of June, and they're now fighting for the last wild card spot with the Blue Jays. Yeah, they've um they have just completely collapsed. <laughs> yeah, 
completely. Like, you could have asked me probably a month ago, and I would have said they're winning this division. They're going to be the second seed in the AL, and they've got a chance at running at the at the uh, the World Series. Yeah, even without the Grom, the entire time. Yeah, yeah. But my next winner is Jose Altuve. We bring it back to the winner's side. Jose Altuve, last week it was the cycle. This week he hits five home runs in the span of seven innings. From the sixth <laughs> inning on Monday through the third inning on Tuesday, he hit five home runs. That's the shortest span of team innings for a player to hit five home runs in MLB history. And with his three home runs in the first three innings on Tuesday, he joins three players as the only ones to hit three home runs in the first three innings of a game, that being Manny Machado in 2016, Mike Cameron in 2002, and Carl Reynolds in 1930. Damn. Yeah. So Altuve just, he's on a heater right now. It's crazy. (laughs) Where's the mic at? That's that's fair. Where's the buzzer? <laughs> Where's the buzzer? No, nothing to take anything away from him. Although I, I don't know how I feel about Jose Altuve, but he's been nothing short of absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, he, he's so. just completely turning up in, in like the last week. It, it's crazy. He's like saved his season in the last week. Yeah, really helped out the team too. The Astros, yeah. you know, kind of on the fence. Um, as compared to some of their other previous seasons, you know, I feel like they they were um, kind of more of a variable this season. But he is completely, really, all of them have completely turned it around. They're they're looking hot going into the postseason. I think. Yeah, they they look fiery, fiery. But yeah. um, let's get to the next loser, and it's everybody that thought they had good players that <laughs> isn't the Braves. <laughs> because the boys in the A are doing something different. They're eating right or drinking enough water. Something about them <laughs> is just keeping them in these games. Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, and Austin Riley are on pace to be the first trio to not miss a game in a full season since the 1992 Astros had Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, and Steve Finley go the full 162. Yeah, my uh, Look, my... I know I know you're a, you're a stranger to durable players. <laughs> But this is pretty cool. It's um, obviously like, as you know, I, I have no problem with the Braves. Um, yeah. my, my roommate actually just told me, he was like, you know, Matt Olson has 46 home, home runs this year. And I looked at him and I was like, what? Yeah, and like, he completely has flown under the radar, especially with how good of a uh, series Acuna had against the Dodgers. Like that was just massive. But yeah, yeah the Braves are com- just completely fucking insane right now. It's yeah. incredible to watch, um, and it's incredible to live in the state that it's going on in, even. It's just, it's a really good time, really good culture. Yeah, and we've played like shit in this Cardinal series up to today, <laughs> but Acuna getting it right back on track with two home runs tonight. Yeah, that fantastic player. <laughs> yeah, uh, but my next winner, it's a pretty funny one. Uh, just some random six foot four, 200 pound ish white guy. They got to be Shohei Otani for a day. Uh, the <laughs> nice. Angels had their team photo shoot the other day, and Otani wasn't able to make it. Nobody really knows why. So the Angels called in a man that was a similar size to Otani to fill his spot in the photo shoot so that they could Photoshop Otani into the picture <laughs> after the fact. And then he was escorted out of the building by security. What? Like, they had to, like, genuinely like 
send him with security to get him out of the building so that like people wouldn't see. But there was literally people there taking pictures. Very strange. Yeah, it, it's like it's like they were trying to like cover this up. Yeah, it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You think there's like yeah. an injury, maybe like an underlying. Well, like we. Know, I don't even know. We know that Shohei is injured because he hurt the UCL a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But, like, he's supposed to still be playing, and, like, the day before that, he got scratched from the lineup. Really weird what, what's going on. Uh, sorry, I got to pause. Brian Branch, rookie safety slash corner, oh. just got a pick six off Patrick Mahomes. Oh, 14-14? Yep. All, what, what did we say? Oh, the, the, it's the Lions and the Chiefs. <laughs> Dude, I, the Lions are nothing to fuck with this year. They're going to they compete not. with anybody they play against. I said it on the pod on Wednesday. If there's no Kelsey, the Lions are winning. Exactly. I saw no this. Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> I saw this stat that like Kelsey has caught like 93% of either touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes or like his, his passes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Insane. So I definitely understand that. But um, yeah, Shohei Otani, man. Maybe he was in New York with Brian Cashman. Maybe. Probably uh, not. I don't, I don't think, think Cashman so. would. I don't think Otani would want to talk to Brian Cashman. <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to talk since they don't speak the same language. That is very true as well. <laughs> but uh, let's talk some Yankees. My next loser is Matt Manning, not a Yankee on the loser side, but he got his foot annihilated by John Carlos Stanton. A 119.5 mile per hour line drive God. that just hit straight into Matt Manning's foot on the mound. Oh. And removed him from the game in the first inning. Ouch. I will say, though, Matt Manning finished the play. He, it hit off his foot, and he fielded the ball and got Stanton out at first. How did it not fly out of the stadium after hitting his foot at 119 miles an hour? <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell you. It literally just perfectly hit his foot and, like, bounced up and, like, hit the ground. He picks it up, runs it over towards first, and uh, gets Stanton out. It was crazy. Oh, what a play. <laughs> yeah. It, it was insane. Um, and speaking of Stanton, he's my next winner because yes. he hit his 400th career home run, becomes the fourth fastest player to reach that mark in history, only behind Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and Alex Rodriguez. Okay, I, I huh, I had Babe Ruth on mine, but that doesn't make sense. I think Barry Bonds would be more. I had him as number two because I had this in my notes as well. Okay, interesting. I don't know what. Maybe I just got the names wrong. I don't know. I probably just assumed it was Barry Bonds as I was typing it. I don't know. Barry Bonds sounds more believable. But maybe. It, it just it makes you Stan. wonder, like, if he never slowed down and never like if yeah. he never honestly left Miami, you know, yeah. how different this could have been. Um Definitely. I mean, he's had, you know, a, many home run seasons with New York, but nothing like he, you know, was back then. So, but it's still cool to see him on this list. I mean, it, it's, um, it's nice to see one of the more fun power hitters of our generation, you know, in a list yeah. full of these guys. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. He's definitely like one of the most prolific power hitters of like this, this generation that's probably close to nearing its end within the next couple of years. Like John yeah. Carlos Stanton's been around for quite a while now, but um, you know, he doesn't quite fit in with this era. 
exactly with like Trout and Harper. Yeah. But almost like doesn't fit in with like the the Beltre Cabrera like Pujols era either. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of weird how he's a bit of an in betweener, but nonetheless, congrats to to, to uh, Michael. Yeah, Michael I'm gonna. I, I want to knock him down a couple pegs though, because you just reminded me of something funny. Um, Aaron Judge, for some reason, maybe because of his foot, has been DHing a lot this year, which has left Giancarlo Stanton in right field, and um, there is not a worse outfielder. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> he sucks. He is he does. hilarious, bro. Like it's just yeah. like go sit on a couch. <laughs> like ooh, he's he's brutal yeah, it's pretty bad yeah uh but let's get to the last loser on the list uh it's everybody the baseball world because uh legendary manager and one of the most entertaining managers of all time terry francona current manager for the guardians addressed his future uh, on MLB Network Radio, stating, it's time. My body is telling me that. My head is telling me that. I've been pretty clear with the guys I work for and told them to start preparing because it is time. So, obviously, alluding to his retirement. Um, and, and it's been pretty known. Tito has had some tough, like, health issues throughout his whole career, like heart issues, blood clot issues that have kept him off the field. But... Nonetheless, a two-time World Series winner with the Red Sox, a three-time AL um, Manager of the Year with the uh, Indians and Guardians, literally last year, won AL Manager of the Year. Um, just a, a genuine legend and a, a fucking hilarious interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a career, honestly. Yeah. It's just uh, sad to see him go, but... I don't know. Those two World Series kind of bother me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's got a very good uh, retelling uh, of some of those moments with those teams because <laughs> I think he was there from like '04, I believe, is when he started, or at least that was the first World Series. He might have been there in '02, but nonetheless, he's got some fantastic stories with that group of guys. Uh, but. Uh, that's the end of winners and losers. What do you have for uh, MLB recap, Luke? Um, so just to add some stats to the Martian, Jason Dominguez, uh, OPS of 2.250. Absolutely insane. Um, and then a different stat, uh, kind of similar to what you had, but he's the first player uh, 20 years uh, or younger to hit a home run in two of his first uh, three career games since 1900. Hell yeah. Yes, and then his first uh, Bronx home run was uh, nothing better. or Well, it couldn't have been anything else but the short porch. So, yeah. Uh, and I think he even said that he uh, very much appreciates the short porch, and so do we. Uh, Anthony Volpe becomes the first Yankee rookie to hit 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases, which is like really – it's really weird for me to wrap my head around. Like as a Yankees fan, I always expect our records to like be super old and like kind of unbreakable. Almost, yeah. and it's kind of weird that like Anthony Volpe, who's been kind of, I don't know, bad. still still trying to figure things out offensively, or you could say bad, but <laughs> it's just it's weird that he's the first Yankee rookie ever to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty surprising because there's been like some very good, you know, power speed combination players that have come up with the Yankees. So yeah, it, it is pretty surprising to see. 
Of course. Um, and he's also the 15th player in MLB history to ever reach that feat as well. Um, Tyler Glasnow, either yesterday or a couple days ago against the Red Sox, holy fuck, he, brought, he just mowed them down. He, uh, he had a 14-strikeout game, and that ties a career high for him. So I think it's actually more impressive that he's done it twice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some of those strikeouts, and they were just <laughs> brutal. He was killing them. Uh, His last outing, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Anthony Rendon, um, when asked for an injury update earlier this week, he said no hable ingles today. Yeah. I thought I would throw this in there. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, um, and I think he put his hood on after saying that and walked out. Yeah. Um, did you see Gunnar Henderson's play I, I don't earlier know. this week? Oh, my goodness. So – Third baseman, obviously, he makes a basket catch. Now that we have the webcam, I'm going to act this out. And I, I wanted you to not know about this because this is funny. So, This is why you insisted we start the webcam this week. Of course. So he's okay. like running backwards, right, from third base yep. down, down towards left field. Makes okay. the catch. And then poor Corbin Carroll, man. Corbin Carroll has been thrown out at home plate at so, like some of the most sickest plays. Like we talked about Ellie De La Cruz a couple days ago. Yeah. So – Gunnar Henderson makes the play, turns around, and notices that Corbin Carroll's tagging up. Because, I mean, Corbin Carroll's fast. He's, like, one of the fastest players in the league, if not the fastest. Throws him out at home plate to get the double play. Absolutely insane. (laughs) Absolutely insane. Gunnar Henderson is a freak. A big freak. And so is Corbin Carroll. Like, Corbin Carroll's not a base runner to mess with, but guys keep testing him, and they're winning, man. I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I think he's... He's very fast, but the base running decisions aren't always the best. And I think that also has to go to his third base coach. Yeah, for sure. You you should know his limits a little bit better. Of course. Um, And then my last thing is uh, Jackson Holiday's stats in the double A at 19 years old, by the way. And he's already back up and he's already up to triple A now. It's crazy. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, 338 batting average. Three home runs, 21 walks, 48 hits, and an OPS of 928. Crazy. Dude is a freak of nature. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yep, but that was it for my MLB stuff. All right, I got a couple just separate from the winners and losers I'm going to go through. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is shut down for the remainder of the season. That came out, I think, yesterday. Um, The other day. The Yankees were 69 and 69 for the first time since 1969. What? Nice. <laughs> Very nice. That's like yeah. that's like the bet that's the most nice you could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's perfect. Um, oh man. The Orioles have set the new AL record for a consecutive series without being swept with 84 game or 84 series. This streak uncoincidentally started the same series that Adley Rushman was called up. Wow. Yeah. Um, C.J. Abrams is the third player in Nationals history with a 40-steal season. Uh, Trey Turner did it twice, and Alfonso Soriano did it in his notable 40-40 season. Wow, Alfonso Soriano. I didn't know he was yeah. a base stealer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wow, so he was he was really fucking good then. He, he must have been he the was. full package. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dang. He was very, very good. Yeah. But uh, last thing, uh, the MLB has placed Julio Urias on administrative leave until further notice. Um, In case anybody's not aware or didn't listen on Wednesday, 
Uh, he's under investigation after being arrested and charged with domestic violence for the second time now. Um, the charges got dropped the first time back in 2019, but the MLB gave him a 20-game suspension. This one seems a little bit worse. Um, it looks like witnesses, like this happened in public, apparently. Mm. Um, witnesses notified authorities of it after he's allegedly pushed his, I believe, wife or girlfriend um, into a metal fence before authorities got there. Um, so, yeah, it looks it looks pretty bad. Um, and he deserves whatever punishment he gets. But if he does get suspended, he would be the first MLB player to be suspended twice for violating the MLB's domestic violence policy. Wow. It, like... I just, I don't get it, man. It's so fucked yeah. up. And it's like you in, in his position, man, you have so much to lose. And there, you know, absolutely no reason you should be, you know, pushing your wife or anything like that either. It's just that that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, bad. It, it is. It's ridiculous. Um, it's just deplorable behavior, especially when you know, like, especially at that level, like no matter what, it, it's horrible. When you're a professional athlete with this big platform and and you're like a, a you know an inspiration to young kids, like he's one of very few like really successful Mexican baseball players in the MLB right now. Like he is uh, definitely seen as an idol to a lot of young kids, and to go and do this, not just not just do it, but for the second time, yep. at least being caught for the second time. There's no telling what's happened and how many times it's happened. But for him to just do this and and put his entire career on the line, essentially, it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, completely stupid. Yeah. So, done talking about that. We're actually going to talk about something pretty similar uh, later on. Oh, but yeah. for now, uh, the MLB playoff picture, it just keeps shuffling around. Um, I took the notes on it before any games happened today. So if anything changed, my bad. But uh, the AL wild card is now the four seed Rays versus the five seed Mariners, the three seed Twins versus the six seed Blue Jays. And then the AL divisional series would be the number one Orioles versus the winner of Rays Mariners, the number two Astros versus the winner of Twins Blue Jays. <laughs> I'm liking the way that Orioles Mariners sounds. Yeah. Big time. That sounds nice. Yep. And I like Astros Blue Jays. Me too. Yeah, the, the Twins like Astros, would just get murdered. <laughs> yeah, and, and if the Rangers end up getting that spot, they're not going to do shit. No. Nope. So that's how the AL looks right now. Um, the National League – Hasn't changed all that much, but we got Phillies at four, Cubs at five, so they'd face off, and then you'd have the three-seed Brewers versus the six-seed Marlins, the one-seed Braves versus the winner of Phillies-Cubs, and the two-seed Dodgers versus the winner of Brewers-Marlins. But in the hunt right now in the AL, the Rangers a half game out, and they're really the only one. Uh, The Red Sox are five, Yankees seven games out. They're the next two. Don't see that happening with less than a month to play. And then in the National League, it is still a heated race. The Diamondbacks have actually overtaken the Marlins by half a game for that third spot. 
and the Reds by half a game for that third spot. So Marlins and Reds just need to play a game to catch up. <laughs> and yeah. the Giants only two and a half games out behind those three. Damn. That's exciting. I, I'm, yeah. I, uh, I actually, in one of the stake your claims, I had the, uh, the Reds going to the playoffs and playing in the postseason. Yeah. So I, hopefully that, you know, comes true. I would love to see them there. And then, uh, you know what? Shout out Chicago Cubs. Like, it's, yeah. you know, I, I don't hate y'all. Y'all are iconic. Wrigley Field is going to be bumping in the postseason. It always <laughs> is. And um, it, it's very cool to see them there. And, of course, always yeah. cool to see um, the home team do well. Definitely. So, yep. Um, yeah, like, this race is pretty crazy for that third wild card spot because, like, the Phillies five games ahead um, – you know, in the wild card and the Cubs are three games ahead in the wild card. But then with the Diamondbacks being three behind the Cubs and only a half to two and a half games ahead of the guys contending, it's going to be a tight race. And uh, honestly, I don't know if the Marlins last only because uh, Alcantara's out right now. I think he's out for the rest, uh, at least mm. of the regular season. That's definitely going to hurt him. But um, Diamondbacks, Reds, I'd love to see either of those teams in. So I, I'm not mad about whoever makes it. Yeah, me neither. All right. Well, let's look ahead to the weekend. Um, on I got. I'm gonna be honest. Not a lot of great matchups. <laughs> like, there's a lot of matchups of like playoff contending team or playoff team versus team that's not really in contention. Uh, but notably, Diamondbacks Cubs. That's big. That could be the three game swing. That, that puts the Diamondbacks into that second spot in the wild card. That's very true. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, Seattle Rays is going to be very good. Um, yeah, that's going to be great. Yep. Uh, Boston has to go to Baltimore. Um, I'm sure probably in this series, uh, Baltimore could probably knock Boston out um, of kind of, you know, they could really hurt them basically here is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, Marlins Phillies. Marlins Phillies. Yep. Um that's, I mean, Padres, Astros, just because the Padres have so much talent. I, I mean, yeah. they're still, you know, a, not a good team, but <laughs> there's a lot of talent on the diamond there. Yeah, um, but like I said, like it's a bunch of like playoff contending or playoff teams versus teams that are out of it. Like you have Rangers, A's, Twins, Mets. Yeah. And then like Giants, Rockies, like the Giants are trying. Blue Jays, Royals, Yankees, Brewers, like the Yankees aren't, like crazy bad, but they're not really in the race. Yeah. And then like Dodgers, Nationals, Reds, Cardinals, White Sox, Tigers, both out of it. Um, and then Pirates, Braves. Obviously, the Pirates are out of it. And Guardians, Angels. That's just first of all, great <laughs> matchup, Guardian Angels, but uh, a shit <laughs> matchup when you're talking about the players on the field. That was clever. And if we're yeah. ready to go into the NFL segment, I have like a perfect segue. Yeah, uh, give me just one second because uh, I, I kind of want to talk about um, the pitching matchups real quick. If oh, yeah. There's some good pitching matchups this weekend if you want to run through a couple of those. Of course, yeah. Go ahead. Um, we're getting Zach Gallon versus, I believe, Jamison Tyon uh, on Friday. Yep, Jamison Tyon. We're going to see Mitch Keller versus Bryce Elder in Pirates Braves. That one's a good one as well. Um. Let's see, Let's see Saturday. 
Merrill Kelly versus Justin Steele in that Diamondbacks Cubs. That's also a great yeah. one. Uh, Johnny Cueto, um, Aaron Nola, Phillies, uh, Phillies Marlins. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any other good ones this weekend? Giolito's pitching. <laughs> see how nice. bad that goes. Um, Bobby Miller, Zach, or sorry, not Bobby Miller, Bryce Miller versus Zach Eflin and Mariners Rays on Sunday. Not bad at all. Oh, Corbin that's, Burns, Garrett Cole. Yeah, that's it's gonna be, gonna be sick. That's probably the best one. Yeah, definitely. When you get those two guys, <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably the best one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's do it. The NFC beast. It, yep. It's time. It's time, and, and I know it, it's such a dud, right? All all the baseball games this weekend. It's such a dud. Well, I'm bringing the NFL to you. Yeah. Exactly. This weekend it's, it's back. We're bringing it to you right now. As yeah. we're talking, we're watching NFL football. Oh, yeah. And um, what better way to get this started than the standings? Uh, I'm going to let you take it for this. Um, I went with exactly how it finished last year. Eagles, Cowboys, okay. Giants, Commanders. I wanted to switch it up, so I did. <laughs> the Cowboys are winning this division. No way you just said that. Yeah, I did just say that. Bro, this is the biggest Cowboys hater ever. Yeah, <laughs> there's no I hate way. The Cowboys. <laughs> okay, but I love the offensive scheme they're coming with this year. Yes, it's a big difference. This is not going to be the same offense we saw last year. Brian Schottenheimer is the OC now, and the play calling is going back to Big Mike, Mike McCarthy, who play called for some very good 49ers teams, Saints teams, obviously the Packers teams that he had coached. He play called for some very good offenses and now Schottenheimer whose biggest problem his whole career has been very predictable play calling that's out of his hands so it's just up to his offensive designs which are amazing that's what gets him in these positions it it works out perfect there and with the talent that they have and what they've added like Brandon Cooks it's going to go so much better on the offensive side and that's what I think held them back last year You're going to see way more runs. You're going to see way less curl routes and just guys standing there waiting for the ball to get to them, which is what hurt Dak so much last year. You're going to see guys getting thrown to on the move, which maybe sounds like it would hurt Dak because if he's inaccurate, it's going to be, you know, maybe a bigger opportunity for guys to pick him off. But the way that I see it is more that it's going to allow his very talented receivers that are very good at finding the football to make plays to the ball rather than having to wait on that ball to get to him. I, I like it. Um, they definitely have a lot of exciting things going on. Oh, um, gosh, going on over there. Um, and it's definitely one of the best Cowboys teams, you know, even just looking at it on paper that, you know, we've seen in a long time. There's a yeah. lot of talent over there. Definitely. Uh, even um, then- Stephon Gilmore is on that team now. That's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. With Trevon Diggs? Oh, man, that's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, but obviously the rest, Eagles, Giants, Commanders. Yeah, gotcha. And I uh, think it's mainly just a matter of the Cowboys made great moves to improve. The Eagles, yeah, they made some good moves, but I don't think they improved over last year just with the losses they had. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, but yeah. Dark Horses, though, the Eagles, 
but they're not really a dark horse because they'll probably win. I'm going to be yeah. honest. They'll probably win. So yeah. maybe the Giants could, but they didn't improve that much for me to even say they could contend for it. Yeah, I like the Giants a lot. Um, they, you know, adding Darren Waller, of course, that's going to help, especially if he's healthy. Um, yeah. They ended up, you know, getting Saquon, uh, Saquon Barkley back, which is, you know, definitely one of the bigger things they did. And, you know, you and I kind of talked about it last year, but Daniel Jones may, may be him. He may not be nothing to fuck with. And I think as he develops, it's only going to get better over there. Um, their defense, they added uh, Bobby Okariki from uh, the Colts yep. last season. He was up there in tackles last year. He's going to help. Um, they still have guys like Dexter Lawrence. Um, and then I'm blanking on his name right now, but they took a corner in the first round that I think they're pretty high on. Yeah. Um, Deontay Banks. Thank you, Deontay Banks. And yeah, and um, Jalen Hyatt, a wide receiver in the, uh, I think, second or third. I was going to get to him. Um, I think with the Giants kind of being weak with uh, Darius Slayton, um, Isaiah Hodges, and I think the other guy was Richie James, Jalen Hyatt might work his way in pretty early on in the season. His route running yeah. just looks so nasty. And, um, yeah, I'm really high on him. I'm, I'm very high on this Giants team. Yeah, I like them. I just – I can't take them over these Cowboys and Eagles teams. Maybe they pick up a win between the four matchups that they'll play when yep. it comes to these three teams. But when it comes to their games outside of the conference, they're getting the win on the Cardinals. They'll probably lose to the 49ers. They could definitely beat the Seahawks. They maybe could beat the Dolphins, probably won't beat the Bills. Then, of course, they're going to sweep the Commanders, probably play a really close game with the Jets. I think yeah. people shouldn't be surprised by that. It's only going to be like seven games into the season. Yeah, the Jets will probably be pretty good at that point. They'll probably have some things figured out, but so will the Giants. They're going to be exactly. the Raiders. They're going to beat the Patriots probably. They could definitely beat the Packers, definitely beat the Saints, Rams, Cakewalk. It's really up to the division games for the Giants. They're not going to drop that many outside of this division. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point, and – that's why it's the beast, man. It they they're gonna be tough games. Yeah. Tough, tough games. Definitely. Yeah. Um but uh anything else when it comes to the standings? Any other teams? Like I, I think the commanders are gonna win more games than last year, most likely. They're probably still not gonna impress. I, I think Sam Howell could surprise, but not impress. All I'm gonna say, man, if if that defensive line can stay healthy, they took uh Emmanuel Forbes cornerback in the first round they took another cornerback in the second round on top of having Kendall Fuller uh Brian Robinson can only get better they still have Alex Gibson they still got Scary Terry um they they're another they're not a bad team at all um no, they have a lot of cool players that I like and if Chase Young can stay healthy on top of that defensive line with Deron Payne Montez Sweat it, it's gonna be dangerous but yeah the other teams are just way too good. It, they have them outclassed in most positions, most crucial positions. Because, I mean, Sam Howell is probably your quarterback. So I, I really have no idea what's going to happen with the commanders. And it all comes down to the quarterback. Yeah, definitely. And Sam Howell is the starter week one. We we know that. But how long does that last? If he's good? Great, keep him in. If not, you have Jacoby Brissett, who has won games in the NFL. Yeah. So, yep. you know, I, I feel like you can't go wrong at quarterback unless Sam Howell's playing great, 
and you take him out. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, but let's let's talk MVP nominees of the division. I think this one might be the most stacked because there's so many great defensive players. <laughs> That's very true. But I actually have a pretty small list here. Um, okay, I, I tried to one, so I tried can, to be super it. realistic with my list. Okay. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley. Yep. C.D. Lamb. Yep. Micah Parsons and Jalen Hurts. Those are my four guys. Okay. Yep. I think that's entirely fair. Uh, I have a long list, so uh, so buckle up. Um, Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, Ooh. A.J. Brown, Saquon Barkley. I think Darren Waller could be really good. Daniel Jones as well. And then on the defensive side, Micah, Darius Slay, Hassan Reddick, Dexter Lawrence. And I also threw in a little – I, I, I thought he was too good for a surprise player of the year, so I threw Jahan Dotson in there at wide receiver for the Commanders. Oh, wow. I think he's going to be so, so, so good this year. <laughs> okay. Especially with Terry McLaurin having turf toe. Uh, I've seen that end guys' careers. You can ask Julio <laughs> Jones about it. Oh, man. Turf toe is a killer. And, yep. and if that's really the issue here, which we saw him in a boot earlier this week, and I think he just now returned to practice – Jahan Dotson's going to see a lot of looks as the number one wide receiver. Yeah, Jahan Dotson, I, I like a lot better than Curtis Samuel yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. So, um, a guy you didn't have on there that is kind of surprising with the other guys you picked, you don't think Devonta Smith could be MVP? I think he could, but he's always going to get outshadowed by Hurts and Brown. Yeah, and Goddard. Well, maybe not outshined by Goddard, but uh, yeah. Goddard's going to take reps, so... Yeah, he's he's definitely gonna. Yeah, but I like that list. Those are, it, like you said, it's a lot of talented players here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the defense. Um, I'll just go ahead and con- continue because my list was oh wow essentially defensive players, but Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Darius Slay, Hassan Reddick, which all except Trayvon Diggs come from the 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 MVP list, um, and then Dexter Lawrence, of course as a continuation, but new additions, Josh Sweat, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Deron Payne. I like that. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about Kayvon Thibodeau, um, but I thought he was sick last year. I think he's going to be even yeah. better this year. Um, my defensive player of, of the year – oh, go ahead. Sorry, he had a lot of moments last year. Not not as much like big games, but he had moments where people were like, okay, like this is what you drafted him for. Yeah, exactly. He's a definitely a big playmaker. Um, yeah. My defensive player of the years, uh, Micah Parsons, Stephon Gilmore, Trevon Diggs, Dexter Lawrence, Bobby Okereke, uh, Fletcher Cox, one from my childhood, <laughs> uh, Hassan yeah. Reddick, and then the entire commander's defensive line if healthy. Agreed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Um, there's also very good, impactful rookies in this division. Yes. Yes. Um, starting with Jalen Carter, I feel he's going to start a defensive tackle over Jordan Davis. Um, and I think he fills the role of Javon Hargrave so well. Yeah. Big time. And the, the cool thing about Jalen Carter, um, is that if he gets beat out or if another player gets hurt on the defensive line, he can play any of the spots. Yeah. He can be an edge rusher. He can be the nose tackle. He he's the full package at defensive line. 
He's crazy. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yep. Um, but also Jalen Hyatt, like we talked about um, with the Giants, like he's going to be an important part of this offense because we know that kind of all of the Giants wide receivers last year had their issues, the, the, their inconsistencies. Yes. And, of course, adding Darren Waller helps that. But you also lost Richie James, who wasn't all that great. Uh, but you still have Hodgins, you still have uh, Slayton, and you still have Paris Campbell. Maybe he doesn't play a huge role, but if he sees looks early and he impresses, then he could be a huge asset to this offense. Yeah, I, I think it, it's so weak for him. I, I think it'll um, it'll be pretty easy to work his way in, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yep. for sure. Um, two other guys I've got, Emmanuel Forbes, just on the other side of the ball for the yes. Giants. They needed help. He's going to be there. He's going to play well. Or did you mean Deontay Banks? Oh, sorry. No. Deontay Banks is the next guy on my list. But Emmanuel Forbes for the Commanders, once again, kind of the same thing as the Giants. They needed help in the secondary. He's going to be there. And also opposite Kendall Fuller definitely helps them out. But then also Deontay Banks for the Giants for the reason I said. Yeah, both of those guys had my list, but I have a couple more. Um, the other guy's name that I couldn't remember, uh, Jartavius Martin. He was the guy drafted in the second round for the Commanders. He actually, I didn't even know this, played at Illinois with uh, Devon Weatherspoon. So that must have been pretty awful to pass against them in college. Yeah. Oh, um, God. But yeah, it's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, they drafted Emmanuel Forbes and Jartavius Martin. And like you said, on top of Kendall, Kendall Fuller, I think it's going to be great. Um, in Philadelphia, as you said, Jalen Carter, he's going to be insane. I like uh, Tyler Steen, offensive line out of Alabama. I think he's going to yeah. make some waves too. And Sidney Brown, another defensive back from Illinois, this time a safety though. I think he's going to help out Philadelphia a lot as well. Um, in New York, uh, the two guys you said, Deontay Banks and Jalen Hyatt, but I also added John Michael Schmitz. And I obviously, with this guy being a center out of Minnesota, I had no idea who he was. But, you know, kind of thinking back to it, the Giants haven't really had like a center, yeah. I feel like, for a long time. And he's, you know, poised to be the guy. So um, I'm sure that'll help them as well. And then in Dallas, some guys you didn't name, uh, Mazzy Smith, another defensive tackle, this guy from Michigan. He, I saw a video of him box jumping. He's like 330 pounds, just boop, 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 boop. It, It's insane yeah. that he can move like that. Um, Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end out of uh, – or Schoonmaker – the tight end out of uh, also Michigan. I think he's going to make some waves in the Dallas pass game as well. And then, of course, Deuce Vaughn, man. I, I think he's yeah. going to be great, too. I, I think – would he be their running back, too? Yeah, I, I think he is. Okay. Um, uh, let me pull up their depth chart real quick, but I'm under the impression uh, – Or did okay, they so get this, the Tampa guy? Shows, uh, he's suspended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Rico Dowdle? I think is the guy who's listed as second. I think it's got to be Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> it has to be. He's yeah. got a he's got a dad in the ranks. Yeah, and he can crawl under your legs. <laughs> he can uh, slide but under I also, your waves. I left off uh, Nolan Smith uh, from my list of rookies as well. Oh, of course. The reason he didn't yeah. make mine is I feel like the Eagles are loaded edge rushers and i don't honestly know if he'll get enough playing time for me to be, yeah. be able to see so I, I was reading into it a little bit today when i was doing my research and the way that it looks like for nolan smith is that yeah he's gonna get in sometimes rotationally but it's gonna mainly be on for sure passing downs where he'll drop back into coverage 
because oh, they don't wow. really have like an outside linebacker that's kind of also an edge rusher that is good at dropping back into coverage like he is. So that's going to be his role. Cool. So we will get to see him play a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Uh, but surprise players to watch. This is where I named a couple of the guys that you've gone through in defense and in uh, rookies. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, I'll, I'll start this time. I, yeah, I'll, I'll take it over. Um, the commander's cornerback group, obviously you and I are high on them. I, you know, I yeah. think they're going to – it'll it'll surprise a lot of people how difficult it is to pass against them. Uh, Luke Schoenmacher, again, he made my list. Uh, Brian Robinson, I – I'm reading that he's going to take RB1 over Alex Gibson, which I think – or um, Antonio Gibson. Sorry. Um, you said Alex earlier, and I meant to – I meant to. Uh, oh, my you. bad, my bad. Antonio Gibson. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Brian Robinson as RB1 is definitely the way to go, but Antonio Gibson still needs to get reps. But still, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I hope nobody forgot about this guy, but I surely didn't, you know, being a Dogs fan. N'Kobe Dean is finally going to be a starter on this Phillies defense uh, or Philadelphia defense, and I am just so ready for him to be out there uh, more. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, we already highlighted. uh, Bobby Okariki. And then my last one is actually Brandon Cooks because I don't think people understand how good he is going to be in this offense, in my opinion. And you already kind of talked about it as well, but he he might be on pace to have like his – top three season i think it's gonna be crazy yeah he's in kind of an interesting situation though because the majority of the places he's been he's been wide receiver one um at least in his last couple of spots now in dallas he's definitely not wide receiver one yeah and there's also guys there that deserve targets outside of him so that is true i, I don't know like, I don't know if the numbers will line up, but possibly like the performance on the field when you look at the targets probably will look good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so my surprise, was that everybody you had? Yes. Okay, so my surprise players, I've got Deuce Vaughn. Of course, he's a surprise because you can't see him until <laughs> he's in front of you. But yep. uh, also because I think he's going to get significant snaps and he's going to be a pretty good player. Uh, Bobby Okarike as well. Um I love his upside. I think he finally, now that he's in New York, it's his job. Because last year he was obviously replacing an injured Shaq Leonard. This year, his job is the starting linebacker for the New York Giants. You liking that food? It distracted me. I'm sorry. I looked Master down and I saw you eating. Meatloaf. Yum. Pretty damn good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, back to what I was saying. Bobby Okarike actually knows his role now with the Giants. And and he's the starter. It's his job. And I think that gives him – it gives anybody a lot of confidence going into the season when you get that opportunity. And I think that's going to be huge for him this season. For sure, especially when you compare it to him having to take over someone's role and then yeah. completely balling out. Now he had a whole offseason to prepare with a new team, new teammates. He's Yeah, like you said, he's in a – perfect spot yeah exactly and then deandre swift i I think he's going to be actually a pretty useful asset for the eagles and i don't know i don't know if people are misunderstanding what his role is going to be he's not going to get like a shitload of carries out of nowhere that's just not the way he's been used at least in detroit so I, i don't see him getting just like this crazy amount of carries but He's definitely going to be an asset when it comes to Jalen Hurts' mobility 
Um, he's a pretty he he plays physical. He can be a good blocker, but the checkdowns is is where it's going to be at for him. Yeah, I like that take. All right, what well, uh, closing statements on the NFC Beast? Um, it's going to be another shootout between those three yeah. teams and the Commanders. You know, even though they probably won't be in that race, they're still going to be fun to watch as long as they're yeah, healthy. and they're going to so. be they're going to be playing spoiler. Yeah, like they're going to be trying to 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 fuck over these guys in their division. Exactly. So just like they did it last year, they ended the undefeated season for for uh, Philly. Oh, that, that's right. And was that on primetime too? Yeah, Monday Night Football. Damn, <laughs> that's perfect, man. <laughs> yeah, wow. but yeah, this is. Uh, would you say? I know this is our final division, but is this the best division in football? Oh man. I think it's the best division, but I think there are more interesting divisions. Agreed. If that makes I, sense. I think there's there's probably some divisions that have a better, worse team. Yes. I, yes. I think the AFC North could definitely claim the title for that. I, I think that, well, well I guess the, the bottom half of that is the Browns and the Ravens or Steelers, but honestly... They're all four teams that people are projecting to make the playoffs, just different people's opinions. If that many people are saying you're going to make the playoffs, you're probably a pretty good team. So I think the AFC <laughs> yeah. North could probably take the crown, especially now that we've looked through all of them. Yeah, not not necessarily because the AFC North has like the talent that the NFC Beast has. I just, to your point, you know, the teams are much closer together there. I, yeah. I can see a lot of, you know, mismatching as far as standings go. So Definitely. Yep. Well, now that we have completed every single division on our quest towards the beginning of the regular season, <laughs> it's time we talk about the regular season itself. The NFL season preview. This is mainly just going to be awards. We've already kind of talked about the teams, talked about how they're going to look, the standings, things like that. This time, it's all awards, and we'll close it out with the Super Bowl prediction. Luke, who's your MVP this year? It's going to be Jalen Hurts this year. I am in it's, the same it's his time. Really? Yeah. So I actually had Burrow here. Wow. I, I swapped him. I swapped him. Not surprised that you got rid of Burrow? Yeah. <laughs> I literally. Hey, he I, just I got typed paid, his... though. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did get Biggest paid. Biggest well, contract in NFL history. Five oh, years, $275 million. That's 55 a year. Dang. And you know the Chiefs went. <laughs> Yeah, just means they're gonna have yeah. to give the other guy more. But um, yeah, when I when I wrote down Burrow's name and I sat there right and I looked at it and I was like, hmm, MVP Bengals quarterback. What, literally, what is anything I could think of to <laughs> make sure that he is not on this list? So I went Jalen Hurts, <laughs> and honestly, Jalen Hurts is um he's poised to have a big year, I think as yeah. well too. And I I think it's his time. It's either Burrow or him. Agreed. And I, that's what I'm I'm prepared for. Yeah, I think for Mahomes, it's going to be a lot of people looking for reasons for him not to be the MVP. Um, you know, coming off of MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, like yes. people are going to be rooting against you. And yep. with Josh Allen's inconsistencies last year, not really his inconsistencies, but the offense and that team's inconsistencies last year, I don't know if I could rely on him to be an MVP. So. Yeah. I, I yep. think Hertz was kind of a layup here. Yeah. 
No, completely agree. Um, at one point, I did have uh, Justin Jefferson here as well, but fair. I, I wanted to be realistic. It's probably going to go to a quarterback, so I went with Hurts. Yep. All right. Yeah. Offensive Player of the Year, though, that's where I've got Justin Jefferson. I have uh, Justin Jefferson or Joe Burrow here. Okay. I, I went yeah. with a two-parter. With Jefferson, it's like, I think every year for the rest of his career, we could just be like, yeah, he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year, and people definitely. Like, okay. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> he's yep. just he's that type of player. Like maybe he could get an MVP at some point if, if you know this this trend ends, but I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like anybody's claiming that MVP trophy from a quarterback right now. Yeah, definitely not. But defensive player of the year, there's definitely an argument to be made for a lot of guys. I think <laughs> I know who you're gonna go with. <laughs> No, actually, wait, never mind. No, I just, no, 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 I'm not going TJ Watt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you going with Minka Fitzpatrick? (laughs) No, it's not a steal. Okay, okay, okay. Then I I want you to go ahead since I'm trying to guess who yours is. Oh, man, who do we get on our knees for on this podcast? It's it's happening. Really? It's happening. I, I... Look, it went to Stephon Gilmore um, in the year that it should have been TJ Watt, and I don't even remember Stephon Gilmore's stats that season. It shows you how irrelevant that was. But it proved that guys in the secondary can be Defensive Player of the Years. I'm taking my man, Sauce Gardner. It's his Hell time, yeah. baby. It is his Fuck time. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, didn't even, didn't even touch my mind for some reason when I was oh, thinking wow. about this. I don't know yeah. why. I, 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 Now that you say it, He's certainly contending for this award. <laughs> for sure. But in my mind, there's nobody but Micah Parsons. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> He's it's, just it's like, how did how can a human being like that get bigger in the offseason? It, it doesn't even seem possible that not only that he exists, but that he got bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And probably kept the same speed. Yeah, or he's probably faster somehow. <laughs> yeah, yep. Now, Micah, that boy's good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just, he's so different. Like, there's not, I, I am convinced there's not a guy like him in the league. No, because he, um, he doesn't look like the position that he plays, but he's, like, yeah. stronger than a lot of the offensive linemen that just like look so much bigger than him. Like we saw it in the playoffs. Like, do you remember when he threw that 49ers tackle? Yeah. How? He's so much bigger than you. And you just like literally, I I don't get it. Breaks the laws of physics on the football. It it makes no sense what he does. And like Bosa got his shine last year and you know, Chris Jones is in the crowd right now at the Chiefs game, so he's definitely not going to be up there. Yeah. So I feel like this is Micah's award. I think you're right with Sauce Gardner. He could certainly be there, but, like, the things that I've seen from Micah Parsons last year and what we're seeing now, it's just crazy. I want to throw another one out there, though, that I just that I actually just thought of because, like, you're right. There are literally so many defensive players in the league that are that could win this. What about yeah. Fred Warner? I, I was okay, so I, I thought about Fred Warner. Um the problem is is they love either going secondary or edge rusher. Yep. Fred Warner he, he doesn't get enough interceptions or pass deflections and he doesn't get enough sacks, but he's always gonna get a few of each and he's <laughs> gonna play lockdown in the middle. It, it's just like is he gonna get the counting stats 
to help him. Exactly. That's what Bosa did last year. Like there was probably pass rushers, even Michael Parsons, arguably better than Nick Bosa, but he had the most sacks. That's a good point. Yep. All right. Yep. This is where it's fun. You, you got a whole lot of <laughs> options here. Offensive rookie of the year. What are you thinking? Um, John. I'm thinking Bijan. Fair enough. Um, just think that he he's very talented. Um, obviously, I think he plays in a very underrated, underratedly. I'm gonna make up a new word. Is that a word? Underratedly, maybe. Underratedly, I don't care if it is or not. <laughs> the Falcons have a very underrated running offense. I think. Yes. With agree. Algier being able to, of course take reps from Bijan, but also alleviate some of the pressure. I think Ritter's going to suck, so it's going to be running the ball. Yeah. I, I really think Bijan, um, he's going to just be everything. The blocker, the catcher, the runner. Um, yeah, he's going to be fantastic. But I also like Jackson Smith and Jigba as well. Um, yeah. He's going into a very fun offense, and I think Gino and him could thrive in Seattle together. So I like Jackson Smith and Jigba as well. Agreed. Yeah, yep. I went with Zay Flowers. I think he's going to quickly emerge as wide receiver one on the Ravens. Over Odell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think I think <clears throat> the work ethic is certainly there and just the pure talent and skill is there. He's going to be the kind of guy that gives Lamar opportunities. That's what it seems like. He's got this crazy good speed to get downfield, but he's also pretty small, very shifty, he can make it work within 10. And Lamar really likes curl route or go route, either one. <laughs> but he's not really throwing over the middle a lot. I think Zay Flowers, because he's a little bit smaller, tends to suffer over the middle. So running curl routes, running go routes, if Lamar's going to throw the ball, it seems like Zay is the best guy to throw to. Yeah, that's a good take. That's a really, really good take. What about Jameer Gibbs? I personally... I don't really like him for Offensive Rookie of the Year, but I know that you were high on him, so I want to get your opinion. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I, I love his game. My issue is, like, is he going to put up better numbers than Bijan? And if so, are they even going to be better in comparison to some of the wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah, I don't and, think and so. Like how, how weird is it that we had three quarterbacks go in the top four and we're not talking about them right now for offensive rookie of the year. I know. Crazy. I I think it's just kind of a trend and, and <clears throat> um, I feel like this is a good time to bring it up. So, so I'm going to just go ahead and talk about it. I saw a report that Caleb Williams might stay at USC if he doesn't like who's going to be the first overall pick <laughs> because nice. he's going to continue to make money at USC. Interesting. I think that's a trend that we might start seeing. And, and I think this year is a big, big tell of it. Bryce Young is not in a great situation with Carolina. The offensive line sucks. He has no weapons on offense because they gave up his only weapon to pick him at the first overall pick. Yeah. The Texans, I don't really know. Stroud doesn't look all that great, but he's got people around him. That's probably a team that I would have wanted to go to. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm Anthony Richardson in, you know, seven, six, seven months ago, they said that I'm going to go to the Colts. I'd be like, uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be here in, at Florida next year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially yep. with the Jonathan Taylor shit. 
Oh yeah. That that's I keep forgetting about that. I that's wild. Yeah. But um yeah, and then uh and to go outside of the top four, Hendon Hooker is gonna be a backup quarterback, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, I was really wanting to see him because uh I, I know this is where I had him going draft night, but just imagine if he ended up in Tampa with Godwin and Mike Evans. I don't know, you know, I know it's still hard for rookies to transition, but no rookie gets that kind of, like, no rookie gets wide receivers like that. Like, that would have yeah. just been insane. Yeah, it, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, but let's move on to the defense. Um, I'm going to start on this one. One guy. <laughs> Will Anderson. Need need yeah. I say who mine is? <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I went Will Anderson, too. Like there, there's guys that – there's guys that you could go with. It's so Will Anderson. Then again, Chandler Jones is in a very weird situation right now. He's got the Raiders calling in for wellness checks at his house. Oh. Telling them that he's in danger because he doesn't want to talk to the ownership. So maybe Tyree Wilson's going to start. Yeah. Um, it was a cornerback heavy draft. You know, there's yeah. still guys like Brian Branch, Devon Weatherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr. Like, I mean. Yeah. There's some guys, but I, I think Will Anderson is just that different than the rest. Agreed. I really do. He's crazy. He yep. is. Absolute um, weapon. Let's talk coach of the year. I think this is a fun one to talk about because it kind of has to go to like teams that are going to overperform expectations as well. Who do you think is the coach of the year this year? I went with Nick Sirianni. I could also see it being Zach Taylor, um, but oh. Sirianni is my top guy. Gotcha. In any yep. particular reason? Because, like, yeah, they were great last year. Is he going to do something this year that differentiates them? I think he'll still make noise. They'll, they're still going to make noise in the playoffs, regardless of, um, you know, uh, the Cowboys or anything like that. And I feel like Sirianni just gets a lot of good media attention. He, like, he yeah. is a, seems to be a very, very likable guy, and I could totally see it going to him. Echoing literally the same things for Zach Taylor. The Bengals are going to make uh, – they're going to make waves in the playoffs – um, and I feel like he also gets a lot of good media attention as well. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. I, I'm, I was kind of split on a couple of guys, but I landed on Doug Peterson. I, like I, just, I, I think the Jags are going to be very good. He was nominated last year. Brian Dable took it home. I think Brian Dable deserved it. That's fine by me. But the dominance that the Jags are going to have in this division is going to be disgusting. Like, it is going to be downright vile, what they do to the teams in this division. And, and like, we're going to see them pretty high seed in the playoffs, I think. Top three, for sure. Like, like definitely a very good one. But I think Doug Peterson is kind of the difference maker here because we saw how shit they were with Urban Meyer two years ago. Last year, the leaps and bounds that they took ahead of what they looked like last year and the way that a tough start for Trevor, especially they start off the season that bad, just bounces back, looks phenomenal for like the rest of the year. Yes. The way that that looked and the way that that playoff win looked and how they stayed in that game against the chiefs is so promising for next year that I think Doug Peterson is just a layup. Yeah. I like that. Did did Doug uh, Peterson win it the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl with him? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me let me take a look. 
I, I could have sworn he may have. What year was that? I I can't keep track. Of 2018 or 19? Maybe uh, 18 17? Matt. Oh my god. 2018 was Matt Nagy with the Bears. Oh, uh, Bears. 2019 oh. was John Harbaugh. Okay. So I have no idea. Huh. Uh, no, okay. he did not. Well, he, I mean, like you said, he's been in the discussion before. Um, great, very likable guy. Seriously, a really good coach. And I think the tell for me is just the change in Trevor Lawrence, um, his performance. It was just, yeah. like you said, night and day. And uh, that a lot of that, I'm sure, is thanks to Doug Peterson. So I like that shout, too. For sure. Um, all right. Super Bowl prediction. We need the matchup. We need the winner and the final score. All right. I, I want to let you go first on this one. Okay. I'm running it back. Last year, Bengals 49ers. That would be a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> that would be That's, a sick it's game. Exactly what I, it's exactly what I called last year about, <clears throat> I think it was right after Halloween. It was literally when we started this podcast. I made this call with Brock on the, I think like the first or second ever stake your claim. Bengals 49ers, they were both in the shit. <laughs> at that point in the season. Yep. Like they did not look that great. But both of these teams, as soon as I made that call, they flipped it around so quick. They both made the 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 division or the conference championship game. Yep. They both lost. Like they could have been there last year. I think they're back and they're they're better as well. They're gonna All be right. in and uh I'm gonna take 49ers and I'm gonna take them. Um, 31-24. We have very close scores. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, my AFC North team is... Um, I'm just kidding. There's oh, no way it could please. be the Steelers. Okay. There's no Thank way. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with my Steelers, but I, I got to be realistic here. Um, I also went with the Bengals okay. as my AFC, uh, AFC team. Um, not happy about that, but... It's I, I just really am stuck on the fact that I don't think it's going to be the Chiefs, and it definitely isn't going to be the Bills. For for some yeah. reason, I feel like they have they're one of the good the better teams that are just slowly declining, and it's I don't know kind of weird. The NFC team though, I'm I love the Minnesota Vikings, Grayson. I love the Minnesota Vikings. So I went Vikings Bengals. The Vikes are going to get them 31-28. It's going to be that offense at the end of the day that pushes them over. Okay, yeah. I don't know if the Vikings just – I don't know if they have the defense for it. Well, they they may not, but I feel like with the Eagles kind of getting worse, the Cowboys are still the Cowboys no matter how good they are. That, that will always be yeah. over their head. And um, – the 49ers would be tough, though. But if anybody has the offense to match that defense, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Agreed. So I, I think the Vikings have a really good chance. But like you said, it's going to come down to that defense. And honestly, do I think the Vikings are going to make the Super Bowl? Probably not. But I'm I'm riding super high on them. And I think if the cards fall right and their offense just rolls in just like a fucking train through the playoffs, I, I think they have a very good chance to win the Super Bowl. All right. Well, that's it. That's how it goes. That is the NFL season right there. You don't even have to watch a game. You just choose which one of us is right, and then you watch the Super Bowl at the end of the year. Exactly. But oh, man. we're not done with the NFL yet because 
It's opening weekend. And if you listen to the podcast last season, you know that every Friday um, since Lucas joined, we did a couple of games, an in-depth preview. We'll start that up next week. But for now, we're just going to go through the full slate and just kind of give some thoughts. Real quick, nothing crazy. Uh, so let's start with the game that's going on right now. Uh, oh my gosh, I just looked at the score. Left. Yeah, seven minutes left. It is 21 20. Lions, five minutes left. Sorry, Lions have the ball right now. Uh, I could use a few more fantasy points from Jameer Gibbs, to be honest. <laughs> should I check him on Raw? Uh, yes, you should. I am going to check him on Raw right now. Actually, I don't think it's changed much since you checked the last time, I'll be honest. No, it hadn't, but neither has uh, Nathan with Patrick Mahomes, so I'm still looking yeah. good. But let's run through the slate real quick. Sunday, 1 p.m., Bengals-Browns. Who's taking it? I, I love the AFC North matchups week one. Yeah. Um, I – you know what? I'm going to go Browns. I don't like the Bengals week okay. one. I mean, they somehow lost to a Mitchell Trubisky Steelers team in Cincinnati last year with that crazy, you know, extra point misses game, field goal misses. So I'm, I'm actually going to take the Browns here. You don't think Joey B is going to be flexing that bag out there? No, nah, it's going to be holding them back. Too much money. Fair enough. Weighing them Weighing down. down. <laughs> you owe me a soda again. Jinx. <laughs> oh man. But my boys, the the Panthers come to Atlanta to face the Falcons, and the Falcons are somehow the favorite by three and a half points. I I'm taking Atlanta. I am too, but I'm just kind of surprised. Like the the Bears are a one point favorite over the Packers. How are we a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Panthers? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably that offensive line. I guess so. And I, the Fal- Lindstrom. We could actually talk about this matchup. The Falcons might eat the Panthers on, on this week one because the Falcons I have I think we're going to beat the shit out of them. Yeah, just all those additions on the D-line, man, versus that offensive line and a rookie quarterback week one, that yeah. is not looking like a good storm for Carolina. Yeah. And it's a rookie quarterback that's willing to drop on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like, he does not want to get hit. So, if there's not, uh, if he doesn't see something that he can do with the play, he's dropping to the ground. Yes. He's already done it all preseason. So, I don't know. I think we kick some ass. But um, the next game in the slate, Jaguars Colts as well at one. This one's in Indy. Uh, the Colts are shit. The Jaguars are good. Jaguars <laughs> favored by five. I'm taking that spread nine times yeah. out of ten. Me too. What's uh, the one time out of ten for you? Uh, the one time is if Jonathan Taylor comes back and Trevor Lawrence broke his leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but the next game, Buccaneers-Vikings. Yeah, I, I think it's a good matchup because, you know. I do too. Y- you think about it. Um, Buccaneers obviously are not as good as the Vikings, but the Buccaneers have a very, very, very good defense still, um, yeah. which I think could match up pretty well with the Vikings. But I just think that Buccaneers offense might be too slow. Um, I, I could see them keeping it close, but I feel like the Vikings over time, if the Buccaneers aren't scoring, they're going to come away with it, which I think is what is going to happen. Yeah, I, I got a feeling the Vikings just kind of 
they might start off slow, but they're they're just gonna wear them out by the second half. Yep. All right, Titans Saints. What do you think about this one? Uh, this is gonna be a good one. <clears throat> I just feel like, <sighs> man, what do I feel like? This is a very that's, that's exactly my reaction. Interesting. I don't game. know how <laughs> I feel about this matchup. I, I mean, the Saints have them at wide receiver quarterback. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I genuinely don't know. I maybe go. Maybe I'm going to go Saints just because of Derek Carr versus Tannehill. Uh, maybe it's yeah. the quarterback for me. So you know yeah, what? that's probably. I'll go Saints. I'm going with a tie. Oh wow! I am. I'm going Week with one a tie. tie. Yeah, a good old <laughs> like ten ten tie. That's what these two teams give me. Ten ten. You don't think maybe, Derek maybe Carr... higher scoring? But like the yeah. Titans' defense is very good. The Saints' defense has good pieces. Yep. The Saints' offense is pretty good. Titans' offense isn't very good. Like it matches up right. Bad offense yeah. plays a bad defense. Good offense plays a good defense. It's just gonna kind of even out. I'm gonna um I'm gonna get two player predictions here out of this game. What do you think Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are gonna do? I think Hopkins he's gonna get targets, but can he be that big of a factor in an offense run by Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> run by Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, <Literally>. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> carried by Derrick Henry. Yeah, all the way down the field. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> uh, turnover on downs for the Lions. Two minutes uh. twenty nine seconds to go. Bummer. I'm pulling for this upset hard. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but yeah, like, and then for Michael Thomas, um, we I don't think, I don't think he's the number one wide receiver on that team anymore. Olave definitely is now, and I think that that puts him in an interesting spot because, yeah, he picked up yards in the past when he was healthy, but it was off the back of a lot of receptions. Now I. Don't see him getting the same kind of targets, so the yards will be down. I think I think he'll still be good. He can run a slant. That's all he can do. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, he seems he seems like he's good for like seven receptions, seventy yards like that. That seems right up his alley. Yeah, I uh, Canarius Tony just dropped like almost a sure touchdown pass. Oh man, um, <laughs> I. I know you're a Falcons fan, but I hate the Michael Thomas slander. I, I hate it. I'm sorry. I, he's slant boy. That's Then Tyree kills go boy. No one yeah, calls him go boy. But he is. It, does, <laughs> he it is. doesn't roll off the tongue like slant boy. It doesn't. But I, I think Michael Thomas healthy is still a top wide receiver in the league. He can, I mean, slant boy, but he can run any route. He can make any catch. He can, I mean, pretty much do anything. He's fast. He's, uh, you know, good in the yak department as well. The yards after catch. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's still wide receiver one, but I could see him and Chris Olave getting over one K in um in receiving yards. Um and then on the other end, like kind of like what you said, D hop is D hop, but you know, who's D hop without getting the ball? Yeah. And it it's gonna be tough, but obviously I, I mean I love DeAndre Hopkins. I, I really hope he can show out in Tennessee. I just don't know if it's gonna happen. Yeah. We'll have to see. But Meanwhile, 49ers come to the Steel City. What are you thinking? <laughs> what a game week one for the Steelers. Yeah. Um, our, their defense might really fuck, like completely fuck our offense. But yeah. 
we do have weapons. It seems to, you know, be be um, be progressively getting better. Um, and I, I am very excited about the offense. They're going to have a lot of guys to cover. Uh, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, uh, Friar Muth, and Allen Robinson. Um, you know, we do have multiple running backs and Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarlane, and Najee Harris. And our offensive line has only gotten better. The 49ers defense is just that damn good, especially with Javon Hargrave. That's really unfair. The NFL should have yeah. stopped that. Uh, who, the commissioner should have stopped that. Um, but, um, you know, I am – I'm liking the offense and defense matchup for my Steelers. I, I think the Steelers have a notorious reputation. Obviously, Blitzburg, we love getting to the quarterback. And personally, I don't feel like that's ever happened to Brock Purdy before. I think he honestly could get shocked by Blitzburg. Um, yeah, but will it be enough to push us over, you know, a Super Bowl contending team? Not too sure. So I, I it's one of those where the 49ers are better, but I think the Steelers match up well with them. So, yeah, I think it'll be closer than what people think. But I think the 49ers will unfortunately probably have them. Yeah, like the 49ers are only favored by two and a half. Oh, wow. Like they, you know, Vegas thinks it's going to be a close game. I'm kind of in the same boat. Look, it's a whole different atmosphere going to Philly, or sorry, Pittsburgh. Apologies, <laughs> but um, it's it's just different. It is, and look, the 49ers defense is going to be great, and I think the difference maker is going to be Kyle Shanahan's ability to switch it up if that defense is just eating them up. And That's he's the big thing for me. Definitely the guy to be able to do it. He's yeah very good. So yeah, and we know Brock Purdy just molds to whatever Kyle Shanahan needs him to do, and that's kind of the biggest asset he brings to this offense is that if things aren't going well, which we haven't really seen much of, he's good at just doing whatever he's asked of. Exactly, he's very flexible in game plans yeah. and stuff. So, all right, well, two more games at the one o'clock slate. We have Cardinals Commanders. First, this is just ugh. like the commanders are going to win. They're favored <laughs> by a touchdown. Like they're like wow. the biggest favorite this week. I, I, I can see it. The Cardinals are on pace to be the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And the season hasn't started and they're on pace for like one win. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a very surprising win when they get it. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna knock somebody out of the like playoff contention yeah, or something. Yeah, it's gonna, be, dude. They're, no, they're they're gonna be like, they're gonna be so bad that like it'd have to take a win before like week sixteen for them to not get the first pick. And on top of all this that we're saying, I don't even think they're gonna be that much better when Kyler Murray's healthy. No, so mm -hmm. it's gonna be brutal for them. And also, it, they seem to be a little bit kind of like maybe disorganized with their quarterback room. Cause I, I personally would have thought a hundred percent that Colt McCoy was going to start for them in this game, but it's actually yeah. the other guy. And that just looks even worse. I would well, rather Colt have McCoy, Colt McCoy got cut. Oh, never mind. I didn't know. He yeah. Got cut. Yeah. He got cut. They brought in Josh Dobbs. I think he's starting, but it might be Clayton Toon. I, I have no idea. Gotcha. Okay, I'm well... Gonna, I'm going to see if there's a starter. <laughs> I really have no idea. They're still probably going to get completely murdered. Uh, all I know is that um, Jonathan Gannon said there he's not naming a starter because he wants to keep the competitive advantage. So that mm -hmm. tells you how bad the fucking Cardinals are. <laughs> I've never heard any like head coach say that. 
Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. That's yeah. the type of shit that a first year head coach says when he has no quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Texans Ravens. What are we thinking about this one? The Ravens are favored by nine and a half. Damn, they are um, the biggest favorite of the week. Uh, so not the Commanders. Um, no, nine and a half is a ridiculous line. Um, I think the Texans keep it way closer. I I do too. Um. Baltimore just kind of covers – I feel like they kind of got a guy at every position, you know, and yeah. the Texans don't. So um, I'm unfortunately going to go Baltimore, but like you said, I think the Texans could surprise people. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm probably going to go Baltimore as well, but I don't think they win by nine. Uh, no. I, I, think, I think max they win by a touchdown. I think the Ravens can keep it close. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but let's get into the 425 slate. Uh, four games here. You've got Raiders Broncos first. Uh, Broncos three and a half point favorites. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about this matchup because the Raiders are just a weird case in general because they're not that great. Obviously, like I talked about earlier, they have a very weird situation going on. <laughs> um, but then, like on the offensive side, like how how confident can you be in Jimmy Garoppolo to like lead an offense? At yeah. Point? Yeah, and I mean, is it still out of the realm for the Broncos to click? Because I, don't I mean, think so I don't know if it's. Decent. I don't know if it can happen this early in the season. Very good point, but they also have had the entire off season on top of last year. Yes, agreed. So, ah, uh, man, you know what? I I'm think, going. I'm going Denver in this game. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm taking Denver in this one as well. Uh, I, I think that what keeps this game close is the fact that they're probably going to take it pretty easy on Javante Williams. Yeah. Uh, with him coming back from the injury, I think they're going to give Samaje Piran a decent amount of carries. Um, and I think that's going to not hurt them, but limit them a little bit offensively, at least in the run game. Judy's still dealing with his injury as well. Th- there's some limiting factors to this offense, but the biggest thing to me is that they signed two top offensive lineman in the offseason. That's the game changer. Sure. And um giving an offensive line to Russell Wilson does you know that's going to help him out a whole lot. And then the defense is always going to be this defense. This defense is good. They oh, have yeah. top players especially in the secondary that are just going to lock it down. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much what you have is like a maybe like a 5 to 6 win offense with a playoff yeah. defense. Um but um, yeah, I think I'm actually going to go with Denver on this one. I, maybe is Russ's career over? Like, will we ever see a similar Russ or a good Russ? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. The thing is, is like good Russ was play really well for the first like seven weeks of the season, and like be the MVP favorite, and then just kind of like fall off a little bit. That yeah. was the good Russ after those Super Bowls, and and when he was. Excuse me. When he was winning those Super Bowls, he wasn't that like phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it was the defense in Seattle that kind of yeah, had him. It there. was the defense, and it was Marshawn Lynch. Yep. Like Doug Baldwin was pretty good at receiver, but like it wasn't like this game changer quarterback that was leading this team. Like we at least see of Nat, like of of recent. So I know we we have more games to cover, but that that kind of makes you think. With I never really realized until you just said it that Russ has always been kind of like, yeah, he'll have flashes, but he really isn't a top 
quarterback no, in the league and never has been. Not. And it's almost like, like thinking about the hype that he had going to Denver, like, Oh, Russell Wilson's going to be on a new team. Yeah. And he honestly probably got paid because of his legacy. And I don't know. I didn't really realize that until you brought it up, but that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. Definitely overpaid. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I think that he just brings a winning mentality. They were a good team when he was there. Yep. It, it wasn't uh, as much about, wow, this guy does something that nobody else does at his position. Cause that's yep. just simply not true. There's everybody in at the top does what he does better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yep. like, like you can't tell me that Josh Allen does anything worse than Russell Wilson, honestly. Yeah. And, and even Joe Burrow, it, it, it that matter. Like I think Joe Burrow runs just as good as Russell Wilson does. Yeah. Especially at this point, but sure. let's, let's move on. Another game at the uh, 425 Eagles Patriots. I think the Eagles are an easy winner in this one. Yeah. Super Bowl rematch. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. It, it's uh it's kind of an easy one for Philly. Yeah. Like yeah. the Patriots offense just ha- is, is not gonna sell. Like they haven't sold me yet and they're not gonna. <laughs> exactly. Yep. But Yep. Yeah, I think the Eagles are the easy pick there. Uh, this one, a fantastic matchup. Two teams that I kind of like going into this season, the Dolphins and the Chargers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say a different game. But, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, very potent offenses in this game. I could yes. see – I could honestly pr- – do you think a team will score 40? Can we make Chargers that prediction? definitely could. I love that offense, man. And <laughs> Kellen Moore as the OC. They're going to be passing the ball. And I just – and they added Quentin Johnston on top of not yeah. losing anybody. Yeah. It's going to be not insane. That Eckler is particularly happy. Yeah. But he's there. <laughs> he's going to play. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I think I've got the Chargers just purely because I like them. Uh, and I really like their defense. I'm going to go opposite with you. I'm going to go Miami. Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, Miami's loaded as well. They have a crazy offense. If guys are healthy, that team's going to be very good. Yep. I'm just bummed out that Jalen Ramsey's not ready week one. He's uh, always fun to watch. (laughs) It does suck. But let's go up north. Packers, Bears. What what are we thinking? Uh, One point favorite for Chicago. So it kind of could go either way. That's how everybody sees it. I think for the first time in a while – this rivalry with this game in particular is going to be taken to a, like a different edge of like competitiveness. I, I think for yeah. the first time in a minute, we're seeing two almost kind of even teams uh, coming together. And I feel like that's just going to be so much more of like a bigger atmosphere, a much bigger deal. Um, but I'm just, I'm going to go Chicago in this one, which will be if Chicago okay. beats the Packers. I don't, I don't think people realize how big of a deal that actually would be. Yeah. That would be insane. Absolutely insane, especially being in Chicago. Damn, <laughs> that's yeah. gonna be crazy. The Lions did win. No 21-20. way. <laughs> yep. Nice. Well, Hell we can yeah. high five to that. You predicted it yeah, more than man. me, but I mean, don't sleep on the Lions. Bottom line, I said it. Kelsey's out. Lions win. I didn't yes. get the score right. No, <laughs> but I. I I got the, the well, I got what matters. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I think I think the Bears take it probably by like a field goal. Yeah. 
that yep. that's kind of like the difference between these two teams is probably a field goal, at least early in the season. Because Justin Fields, we know what he does. Khalil Herbert, we know what he does. This whole coaching staff, we know what they do. They did it all last year. Now they add guys that help them do it a little bit better, and then the defense improved just kind of in a, a small way, but also you add some very good players. Um, like they're going to be better than last year, and I just I don't think the Packers are quite prepared. Yeah, I could maybe see them splitting um, the two yeah, games that they'll yeah, see each I other, so. um, but I definitely can see Chicago taking this one early on. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then we have Rams Seahawks as well at four twenty five. And no, like I feel like every time these two teams play against each other, it's always a good divisional game. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith versus a finally healthy Matthew Stafford. Um, sad that Cooper Cup won't play, but um, you know we keep rolling. Um, and a healthy Cam Akers, he's going to be there as well too. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go Seahawks. I I don't think. The Rams don't have the offensive firepower to compete with the Seahawks, and the Seahawks have a pretty good defense, and I think they'll probably cause some turnovers for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I, I just I can't I can't see this Rams team being good at all without Cooper Cup. Yeah. Like Aaron Donald will be back, which is nice. But how effective is he gonna be when the Seahawks have so many outlets to to make plays away from him? Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, I'm I'm taking Seahawks probably probably cover that five point spread for sure. Uh, I, I like that. Um, all right, Sunday night football, prime time baby day for a Sunday night. Cowboys Giants in the division heated. These teams get heated, man. Dallas is only a three and a half point favorite, which I don't know. It probably could be closer. I, I think so too. Um. Man, I don't know how to, I don't know who to take because it's in uh it's in uh New Jersey. Yeah. Oh uh, man. I you know what I'm 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 taking the boys on the big stage. Yep. Um I, I kinda have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After what I said in the preview, I kinda have to take Very it. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Look, but, I um, just I love what they already had outside of Dak Prescott, but then they changed the scheme to make him better. Like in and they also add important pieces to this offense and yep. the defense. Like it, it just seems like they improved and the other teams in this division like made like the the Cowboys improved way more than anybody else in this division. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. For sure. And maybe maybe the commander's second. Honestly. Yeah. I think so? Yeah. I, there's a case. I, I think that I think the biggest addition they made was Eric Bieniemy at offensive coordinator? Yeah, very. And they underrated. Also, they added very good players, and they had a great draft. Adding Bieniemy is probably their best move of the offseason. Yeah, that's a good take. Um, but let's bring it to uh, Monday. Uh, <sighs> a, a sad day. First of all, nine eleven. Yep, twenty second anniversary. Never forget. Yep. Uh, but it's also in well East Rutherford, New Jersey, but New York Jets home game. Bills, Jets, Josh Allen versus Rodgers in his new home. What are we thinking? Look, we've got a fantastic matchup in the secondary. Sauce Gardner versus Stephon Diggs, uh, a rivalry that I look forward to multiple times a year. Yes. And we also have kind of new age, old age guys. Like, it's, it's a fun matchup here. 
just for this game in particular, man, it's, it's making me smile even talking about it. But the stage is so fucking set for this one. You have yeah. the New York Jets playing on 9-11. There's going to be beautiful, probably ceremonies at the beginning of the game where we're all going to get our patriotism on. And then they're going to go play one, probably one of the best teams in the NFL, even though they're on a decline, who just so happens to be in their division on Monday Night Football primetime, baby. Aaron yeah. Rodgers' debut Stefan Diggs versus uh yeah, Stefan Diggs versus um Gilmore and no, wait, oh my gosh, I'm like tripping up. Sauce. Stefan Diggs versus Sauce. It's um this is gonna be a damn good one. And I'm gonna take New York. I just think the story's written. It, it's uh I'm going with the New York team here. Um Yeah, it, I don't know, man. It's hard. Uh, I think there's too many moving pieces here with the Jets. A new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback. A new like some new wide receivers, um, an offensive line that's not very good, uh, really. A, a new running back because Brees Hall probably won't play a big role for the first couple of weeks. Dalvin Cook comes in on the defense, kind of your same guys, but still like some some changes there. I don't know how I feel about the Jets yet. The Bills, I know for certain what they have, what they can do, especially early in the season and that's win football games, and Josh Allen just going to takeover mode, I think I'm going to take the Bills probably probably barely cover this two-and-a-half point spread with a field goal. All right. Um, do, you think, do you think you're taking the Bills because you think the Jets are better, but there's too many moving pieces, and we don't have a good sample of those moving pieces together to be able to put them ahead of Buffalo? Yes. Okay, see, that's kind of where I was at, but I i mean, I just, like I said, I think the stage is written. I, I think it's going to be a great debut for Aaron Rodgers, and I think New York's going to win on 9-11. Yeah, look, if there's a script, the Jets win. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still looking for that DK Metcalf uh, catch with no hands. Yeah, he's going to catch with his abs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but... We've got an internet. Okay, well, sorry, I have to preface this every single time. We're going across the pond, different kind of football, different kind, but not the normal football that we're talking about. Well, soccer. Sorry, not going to conform. Um, I totally forgot we were doing this. <laughs> yeah, there's an international break, uh, so no Premier League matches. I don't really care about Euro qualification because it's all good team versus shit team. Uh, so. I just said, fuck it. Uh, I, I saw that the Sidemen charity match was this weekend. So we're going to preview the Sidemen charity match. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent you this prep sheet of the full squad. It has changed a little bit. So oh, I boy. have it. I have an updated projected squad for it um, that I'll read through. But for now, uh, the commentators in the booth, Spencer FC and Steven tries. Fantastic duo yeah, to put Steven in there prize is absolutely hilarious and obviously yeah. you and i have been you know we, we've known spin fc for years now yes. and he's just such a good guy such a good commentator and he really really loves the sport so yeah, he's going to be very entertaining been watching him since 2014 or 15 Dang. <laughs> yeah um wow. we're getting a halftime performance from british rapper h okay it's a little overrated, person. I'd, I'd say as a as a <laughs> as a fan of British rap, a little bit overrated, but still big time. And uh, you also, you can have is, an opinion on that. 
You're yeah. very intertwined with that. Inter- intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to even mention this is at London Stadium. They sold it out too. <laughs> wow. The Sidemen sold out London Stadium. I. It's crazy because I mean you know we've known them for so long now, and yeah. just to think of where they're at now, like you got. KSI has Bayern Munich and Arsenal, Barcelona prime sponsorships. It's just, it's incredible what they've been able to yeah. accomplish. Erling Holland, Alicia Laysman as well um, <laughs> in, in women's soccer. Yes. Um, but let's talk about the teams because, like I said, they switched up a little bit. Um, we'll start with Sidemen FC. Um, the manager there, Billy Wingrove of <laughs> F5. Honestly, one one of the people that outside of like the FIFA guys really got me into soccer was F five. F two. Yep, you're right. F two. Oh, for a second there, Jesus. I was like, did they add three more? No, <laughs> I just totally blanked on it. But yeah, but, um, two freestylers. I, I was yeah, I was super big on them too. Um, Billy yeah. and uh, oh my god, Jezza. But what was his actual name? I think it was Jesse. No. no, uh Jeremy Lynch. Jeremy. That was Jeremy yeah. Lynch was his name. Yeah, they were sick. <laughs> Absolutely sick players. <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. Yeah. Uh but projected lineup looking like they're running a four four two. Uh you've got Harry, W2S, Rotashaw, left striker, Simon, Mini Mentor, right striker. And then on the left, you have Toby, Cal Freezy in the middle, next to Mr. Beast. <laughs> Nice. It was originally in goal when I looked at this projected lineup. And then uh, Vic Star on the right, you have Josh Zerka at left back, Laser Beam at left center back, Ethan Bazinga, Bez uh, at right center back, and Calix at right back. And then KSI is in goal. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the best part of the whole game. Yeah. Oh, my and goodness, then, um, dude. <laughs> From wow, so on the bench, you have uh Tarek from Mr. Beast's kind of crew. Uh, I believe Manny uh is also on the bench there. Oh, Manny's uh, sick, Toby's brother, and a very good soccer player, yes. Uh, Randolph, uh, JME, British rapper, brother of Skepta, uh, and Arak, uh, YouTuber as well. Uh, but on the YouTube All Stars side, fence a star studded lineup. You have Nico up front. He's in the group with, um, like, Philly and Chunks and some of those guys. Uh, and then you have Philly uh, on the left, Speed on the right wing, <laughs> uh, Danny Aarons, who, if you don't know who Danny Aarons is, this guy is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh, he is ridiculous. <clears throat> uh, he's at Cam. And then in, uh, in, like, holding midfield, it looks like you have Max Fosh and Chris MD, one of the best – Best soccer playing FIFA YouTubers out there. Oh, for sure. I love Chris. Yeah. Uh, another guy that I've been watching probably since he packed Messi on FIFA 14. Damn, or even 15. earlier than me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, when he packed Messi on FIFA 15, had that crazy-ass reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was awesome. But then uh, the back line, Gideon at left back. A physical force at left back. Yes. Gideon is. Uh, and then you have Theo Baker. Uh, left center back, Chunks at right center back, and then Carl, uh, Carl Jacobs rolls with Mr. Beast at right back, and XQC, uh, one of the biggest streamers in the world at goalie. Okay. 
Uh, forgot to mention their manager is Mark Goldbridge, who does a lot of like <laughs> soccer commentary. Oh uh, man, the uh, best Manchester United fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, but their bench is Chandler from Mr. Beast videos, uh, Jack Septicai. Oh uh, wow! And then two of the guys from A and P. You have Kai Sanat and Duke Dennis. <laughs> Kai. Yeah. Uh, boy, <laughs> Kai and Speed are on the same team. Yeah, and then wow. uh, you also have Willin E and uh Abelflaw. Okay. So look the the sidemen tend to win these just about every time. Yep. Um I believe they lost it in like 2017 and that's the only time and they started doing this in 2016. Wow. So I feel like I've got to go with the sidemen. Uh but who really cares about the score in this one? It's more about the antics. Uh I think Speed gets a red. Last year yeah. he got the yellow, and then like he whipped the ref on the ass. Same ref, um, uh, what's his name, Mark, uh, Mark Clattenburg. Yeah, uh, yeah, will be the referee again. Um, he's a so, massive referee, by the way. Like, yeah, big yeah, like time big referee. Time, yeah, um, he'll be uh, officiating. So, I, I think Speed goes for the red this time. Yeah, I, I like that. Um. KSI and goal, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think the big – I'm going to I'm going to go a big prediction here. I think uh, Simon's going to score like four or five goals. I'm going to go like 11 He's to so, 10. So good. <laughs> yeah. The um, long shots are ridiculous. The long shots are ridiculous. Um, I think he is the top goal scorer in the charity match Gotta history. Um, and, yeah, I think he's gotten a hat trick in every game, but I think he's going to go even crazier yeah. this time. All right, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Chris MD scores on a set piece. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, okay. I've seen him kick too many free kicks in my life to think that he won't. That's he that's is James Ward Prowse. He is the YouTube. He James made a Ward video Prowse. with him. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he did. Um, but nonetheless, uh, this one, if you're uh, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m., um, you can watch it live on YouTube. So. Um, I unfortunately won't be able to watch it because I'll be at work, but nonetheless, it's going to be real entertaining. Um, this is something people don't want to miss. You could always go back and watch the replay, watch the highlights. Yeah. But, I always um, like watching always so them. Yeah. I always like watching them react to the game afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, that yep. is awesome. But, oh man, um, that does it for the Sidemen charity match. Let's get to our final transfer news until January. I'm kind of sad um, that this is going away. Yeah, I know the, the transfer window closed uh, at about, I believe 6 PM Eastern standard time last Friday. Uh, we had a bunch of moves that went through uh, since we ended the podcast that day or the day before. So um, we'll just kind of go through the list. Talk uh, first, Randall Cole, uh, Randall Kolomuani is confirmed at PSG after uh, waiting out in Paris to sign his contract. Dang, that, their offense only got better. Yeah, and the big thing is is that Mbappe agreed to give up his 100 million euro loyalty bonus so that he can play. So they're going to have Gonzalo Ramos, Randall Kolomuani, and Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> they just got a lot better. Yeah, like who? Like how do how do you even do that? I don't know what you do with this front three. Like, do you put Mbappe on the wing, maybe? I, that's probably what I would do. Put like Gonzalo Ramos at like false nine with Kulumawani in front of him. 
I don't know, man. Maybe <laughs> they're <laughs> so like it's so talented. Think about the money invested in that front three. Because Gonzalo Ramos certainly wasn't cheap. I think that was like an eighty or ninety million euro move. Randall Colomawani cost over a hundred, and Mbappe is one of the like most expensive signings ever. Yeah, you could probably chalk like it up three hundred fifty million almost euro. Three strikers on your team. Yeah, that's uh, and they're all young and exciting yeah. and fast. Like it's it's yeah. going to be pretty scary over there, depending on how they line it. up. Well, does it really depend on how they line it up? No, I it mean, doesn't. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exciting. Um, after the podcast was over, Yao Cancelo and Yao Felix uh, completed their moves to Barcelona. Um, I don't know what strings Barcelona pulled to get that one to go, but <laughs> they always do it. Yeah, they um, always do. Two very good players for their style yeah. too. You have Yao Felix, who's going back to a familiar league, and Yao Cancelo, who you and I have both raved over. Um, you know, in terms of how he could fit in Barcelona, so very good moves. Yeah, I, I love those moves, and I love this move way more. Sergio Ramos has joined his childhood club, Sevilla, the club that he joined in 1996. Wow. Yeah. All the way As back. A young man. That's insane. Um, yeah. It kind of makes you, you know, see the difference between players like Sergio Ramos and players like all the ones who have gone to Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, he totally had the opportunity. I, I would oh, honestly yeah. have liked to have seen the pay cut that he took to go to Sevilla as opposed to what he could have had in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, yeah. I, props to him. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's actually going to be playing like important soccer. Yeah, he can like, definitely. They're fit in the in. Champions League. They're a contender every year in La Liga. Like, this is a good team to be playing for. For sure. Uh, but a big, big move. Uh. It, for some reason, it feels like this deal's been done forever. Uh, but Ryan Gravenberch officially made his move to Liverpool. Uh, and in Andy Robertson's words, finally a good Dutch player. <laughs> He's a shithouse. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a really good move for Liverpool. As a Chelsea fan, this makes me mad. But Liverpool have done exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. Just in like time. We laid it out for them. Like we <laughs> literally told them what to do. They must listen, man. <laughs> they they must. I can't think of any other reason. And why aren't uh, y'all in the subreddit, Liverpool? Yeah. What the fuck? What the f actual fuck? What's your <laughs> fucking problem, Jurgen Klopp? Now I can address you straight to your face. I got a camera now. You little shit, you German fuck. <laughs> oh man, that was personal. Fucking Volkswagen. All right. Next move, though. Take it to. The other team with a ton of money in England. Actually, all of them have it. But uh, Mateus Nunes completes his move to Man City. Um, I, I don't think this is like a huge deal. I, I don't see him like he's not priority critical in this lineup. No, it's just a um, it's a solid depth move. Um, yeah, really nothing much to it. But maybe he would, you know, get some time with injuries. Maybe I, I don't really know how we'd see him otherwise. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine we see him all that much. Maybe we see him just because De Bruyne is out at the moment. But Possibly. otherwise, yep. like, maybe he, he makes an impact, but I'm not too sure. Uh, all I know is that Pep just wants guys that like the ball at their feet, and he just continues to pick them all up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, but 
This is a guy that he let go, Cole Palmer, heading to Chelsea. I, I want to know how you feel about this because this one just doesn't seem that important to me. So he played against Nottingham Forest. Um, he actually made his debut. And I'm just trying to find his match rating real fast because I – so he actually finished with a 6.9. He subbed in for Connor Gallagher at um, at okay. left center mid, right center mid. Um I mean, finished with a 6.9. Connor Gallagher finished with a 7.1. Um, yeah, I don't know. When when Nkuku comes back, I don't really see Cole Palmer. You know, I think he's going to be kind of a guy that they develop, but I can't really see yeah. him making waves in the lineup. Yeah, I, I, I can't really either. Like, he can play on the right and the left and in the middle, which is helpful. You know, maybe they see him as like, um, you know, once Raheem's done, that it could be like him and Noni kind of fighting for that spot on the right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, you, you have so much money invested in Mudrik, it's hard to bring in young competition for him on the left. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, I do like his body style. He's a very kind of um, one of those awkwardly tall built um, soccer players who can dribble. Yeah. Um, and is you know pretty pacey as well. So I, I like his talent. I just don't see how it fits with this Chelsea team right now. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like was that that was a permanent move, right? Yeah, that just was. doesn't seem right to <laughs> me. I, I I feel like he should have been loaned out by Man City, not not sent out on a permanent move as a twenty one year old. Yeah, and what what is even weirder is they actually used his transfer to release the new uh, Chelsea away kit this season. Like yeah. he, he was the promotion for it. And I was just kind of like, yeah. I mean, and, we and made they, your signings. They got a Jersey sponsor now, right? No, no. I thought, I thought they had agreed on one. Um, my knowledge. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I might don't have think so. Seen something incorrect. I'm trying to see. Cause I could have sworn I saw something about it. Oh, better. It better be a good one or nothing at all. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely could have just been wrong. So, um, I'm going to try and pull it up quickly, but if I don't find it, then I don't really care. Um, let's see. Not, not really seeing anything. Um, all right, whatever. Uh, not a big deal. But let's talk about a couple of other moves that happened uh, on deadline day. Uh, Yannick Ferreira Carrasco is heading to Al-Shabaab. Uh, yep. Not surprising. He is through and through a guy that was going to play in Saudi Arabia. Oh, for sure. Um, he's like the, the perfect, um, the perfect kind of younger player to go over there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Podence. This one kind of surprised me a little bit. He's heading to Olympiacos. Oh, heading to Greece. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't really know how to feel about that. Yeah. Like he, he wasn't amazing. And, and it seems like wolves are just selling everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like they're trying to compete with Everton to be worse. Um, it's hard to do. It is, since <laughs> Everton, I don't believe they've scored a goal yet. Actually? I'm pretty sure. Um, I'll fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure through the first couple of weeks they hadn't. <laughs> oh, no, they scored two on Sheffield United last weekend. Okay. Good for them. False alarm. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, let's move to the next moves. Uh, Davidson Sanchez and Tangay Ndombele are moving to Galatasaray from Spurs. Oh, wow. Both of them. 
Yeah. Dude, the Galatasaray team in Turkey just keeps getting better. I like they do. The, the yeah. players that they have, like even um, Mauro Icardi is like scoring for fun there. Dries yeah. Mertens look like, looks like he's back to his Napoli self. And then they're getting two, you know, prim guys, you know, regardless of their form in the prim, they're going to play in an easier league, although it is yeah. hard to play in Turkey. I mean, Galatasaray look really good. And I mean, I guess these are two players that haven't really been a part of uh, Tottenham's, I guess, blueprint for, you know, a decent time now. Maybe Davidson yeah. Sanchez last year, the year before. But I don't really feel like this move hurts him. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I can't remember if we talked about this next move or not uh, last Friday. Oh, we did. we did. Okay, we did? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Mason Greenwood went to Hitafe. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, he needed somewhere to restart his career. And, and it's a quiet team, it. too. Yeah. So, But he's still playing a high level of soccer. Exactly. It's like the perfect situation for him to be in. Yeah. You know what, Luke? I want you to take the reins because I want to hear you pronounce this next name. Oh, it's uh, Odiseas Valichimos. Yeah, I knew you knew how to say it, so I was going to let you take the lead. Uh, he's moving to Nottingham Forest <laughs> from Benfica. Yeah, I, I like always sign this guy on FIFA to be like my second string goalie. I, I think he's really underrated. He he is a yeah. solid keeper, um, and he's going to the Prem, so I'll actually be able to watch him instead of at yeah. Benfica. So I'm yep. excited. Um, Sofran Amrabat finally actually completed his move to Manchester United. So that's that's pretty nice. They add another defensive midfielder, yeah. Um, which they are just stacking up. Yeah, I actually point. I definitely pronounced his last name wrong, but I know his first name is Odysseus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really care how it was pronounced. I just wanted to hear you try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the Sofran uh, uh Sofian Amrabat move like it doesn't seem crazy like he's gonna play not a lot probably a lot of subs yeah i'm in the same boat as you i'm looking yeah. at uh hoyland well yeah of course yeah that's that's who i'm hoping to to see in this lineup a lot but For sure nonetheless the next one uh marco Verratti still technically has time to complete his move to all arabi in qatar because their window doesn't close for like another week oh wow I, why why for Coutinho and Verratti? Why Qatar? I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, even Chavi. Iniesta's there. Yeah. That is true. So he's in. Uh, he's moved from Japan? Yeah. Wow. I, I think I remember covering that on the Yeah, we, pod, we had but, talked um, about it a couple of weeks ago. Interesting. I, I almost yeah. would rather them move to Saudi Arabia so they're all in one spot. Yep. <laughs> And but well, like it's all kind of in the same spot. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty close in the same league. <laughs> yeah, um, but like you said, um, uh, Aldo Hotly set to sign Philippe Coutinho, which he probably just needed to move. Yeah, definitely. Mm. He's he's done it all, seen it all. It's time. Yeah, yeah, just go get a bag. Yep. <laughs> um, and then Damari Gray is heading to Steven Gerrard's Al Atifak. Um, wow. Once again, Everton losing a little more goal scoring. <laughs> Steven Gerrard, he's trying to get all these English speakers. He's like, I, I yeah. can't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm tired of these fucking translators. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's kind of the end of the transfer news. So let's, let's just go ahead and talk about it. 
uh, Anthony, and it just keeps getting worse. Um, since I put this in, there's been more allegations, but oh, wow. go ahead and read the headline. Uh, Anthony was m- removed from the Brazil squad for the international break due to allegations of domestic abuse from his now ex-girlfriend. And now there's a lot of pressure on Manchester United to release or drop Anthony from their squad amidst the allegations. That's um, that's big news. Um, very yeah. unfortunate news. Uh, I hope it didn't happen. Um, but you know, as kind of like what you said earlier, if it did, then fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So exactly. Um, trying to see. I I just seen something about something else here um what the fuck i could have sworn okay yeah uh puma uh is anthony's uh, cleat sponsor um they haven't dropped him but they just declined to comment on the situation uh probably just waiting it's kind of yeah that's probably the right play uh yeah. at least when you're representing this player um let's see yeah uh, a third woman has now accused oh, wow. Anthony of physical assault. Um, and the Portuguese TV channel Record TV will air an interview with one of the girls uh, on Sunday evening. That'll be big. Yeah. Wow. Um, Matafe, you got room for one more? <laughs> I, was, I was waiting on it. I didn't think it was going to happen, but you just out of nowhere. <laughs> All right, well, let me switch the vibe because I have a statement uh, from one of the victims, and it is not good. Oh, Lord. Um, I'm uncomfortable that I'm – I feel uncomfortable having to say this. So uh, Ingrid Lana, uh, a 33-year-old banker um, <laughs> accusing Anthony of assault, said, he tried to have sex with me, and I didn't want to. He pushed me against the wall, and I hit my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. That is fucked up. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I I don't have much to say about that. It kind of like, it goes t- to the same shit we talked about with Julio Urias. It's like, as a human being, why the fuck are you doing this? As a prolific, high-level athlete, why are you doing this? Exactly. And, and one that's, um, you know, on the most exciting part of his whole career. You know, he's moved away from a smaller team and he's gone to, you know, one of the biggest stages in the entire world. And it wasn't even that long ago when he moved. It hadn't even been a year because I think he was January, right? When they brought him in. Um, I'm sure he was. I can't remember. But um, yeah, it's just, it's brutal. It's uh, like you said, deplorable. Um, And uh, yeah, if it does come out as true, then uh, fuck Anthony. Yeah. Facts. So, um, also, it looks like that a Brazilian newspaper found that accusations against him by um, the first girl that kind of did the kind of started this, which was Gabriela um, Cavallin, uh, are not the first. It looks like there's a police report from May 2022 filed by Reza de Freitas that also describes violent behavior by him. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. Yeah, so you're a piece of shit, Anthony. Um, you suck on and off the field. You're shit. <laughs> yep. 
Um, yeah. Well, let's move on to a very fun segment. Uh, one that I enjoy talking through. Me too. What I just had to do there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that was tough, but, uh, yeah, let's do it. It's questions time. Not like the British parliament, but instead we bring three questions to the table. One about each sports league that we talk about on these episodes. And then each of us give our answers to said questions. So, Luke, let's go ahead and get it started. What's your first question? Is that your first question? <laughs> no, no, it does not count. It's um, not pertaining to a sports league. See, I, I have actually kind of a bank here that I'm going to choose from off the fly. Okay. Um, I'll hit you with this one as a Braves fan. Uh, I wrote okay. this one a couple days ago. How big do you think the Braves and Dodgers series actually was for the Atlanta Braves? Like, do you think it, that was just kind of like a, I don't know, like a postseason preview of what might happen? Or do you think it was very telling of how good this Braves team actually is? Like, basically, did that series have a deeper meaning? I don't think so. Um, I think that we already knew the Braves were good. We knew the Dodgers were good. Um, the Braves have been the team that's been at the top the whole time, whereas the Dodgers had like a big turnaround in, in July and August that kind of propelled them up to here, which they do every year. Like I- even if they don't struggle early, they always have a good August that turns their season around no matter how big or small that is. To me, uh, I'm a big believer that nothing that happens in the regular season tells me at all how a playoff series is going to go in the MLB. Your rotation is probably going to look different. Like the guys that we threw against the Dodgers compared to the guys that we're going to throw and same for them. If if we were to match up in the playoffs, um, you know, the way it lines up, if we were to match up in the NLCS and like we were pitching the guys that we were like that, we would look, stupid like <laughs> if we did that because yep. what it was a four game series <clears throat> and okay okay we threw strider game one and we won that game it was close strider first of all it's not looked very good but what i'm saying is like th- there's a there's a method to figuring out your rotation and, and i think then again now that i'm looking back at it the braves did throw out probably our our four best Oh, wow. And I didn't even notice. I, I thought it was – I forgot that the, the rotation ended in the last game in Colorado. But um, still, the Dodgers didn't throw bad pitchers either. Lance Lynn took the mound. Um, I believe we saw Kershaw in this one as well. We saw Bobby Miller, who got the win with a beautiful performance in the fourth game of the series. Like, this uh, essentially – Everything changes when you go to the playoffs. Your rotation is going to move around. Your lineup might even move around. Like a lot of things are going to change. The bullpen might be structured a little bit different because some guys can't play that many games in a row. Some guys can't take that stuff. And the way that I see it is this series means nothing outside of the fact that we just won three games against the second best team in baseball. Okay. Okay, yeah, I, like I, I don't like I don't like this trying to get our hopes up because we turn around and we only take one out of three against the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. So damn, you know, you take your wins and you take your losses and you move on. But for now, 
we're the only team in the 90s and wins. And um, I don't know. We'll just keep playing. Yeah. Okay. I like that All answer. Right. Well, my MLB question to you uh, is kind of a fun one. It'll get you thinking. And, and I have an answer to it myself. Um, who is your Mr. Your Team? Kind of like how Tony Gwynn is Mr. Padre. But I yeah. want you to be like – I want it to be somebody that's maybe an underappreciated player in your franchise's history. So, like, it can't be, like, Babe wow. Ruth or, or Reggie or yeah. Derek, A-Rod. Like, I need, like, a, a, a legend in the team. Um, I, I can definitely shout some. Uh, Jorge Posada, I feel like, yeah. is kind of underrated in that aspect. Uh, Mark Teixeira. Uh, hmm. That's a good question, though. Um, maybe, maybe Curtis Granderson. I personally, I loved his time in New York. I, I thought he was awesome, but I guess he's not really like a Mister Yankee kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess Mark Teixeira, Jorge Posada. That's who awesome. I would go with. Yeah, yep. like because, like for me, that's like, a good question. Yeah, and and I know like the Yankees, so many of their great players in history. Or just legends of the game in general. So it definitely changes things. Yeah. Uh, but like for me with the Braves, it's like, yeah, Chipper, Chipper is like one of the best. Hank is one of the best. Uh, even if you go further back, Ed Matthews, like guys like that take over a lot of it. Nick Swisher. <laughs> <laughs> he can fit for both of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. My guy, though, is Dale Murphy. Somehow he's still not in the Hall of Fame, which just is beyond me. But that guy embodied the Braves. He played with Hank, and he played with Chipper. Or I don't Whoa. know if he was late enough to play with Chipper. I think that's wrong. I think that's just factually incorrect. But um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna the guy played forever and kind of bridged the gap between these legends, uh, you know, in our franchise. So, yeah, I'm – I'm going to side with Dale Murphy there for, for being Mr. Brave. Cause like everybody else got a nickname. So Dale Murphy played with the Atlanta Braves from 76 to 90. Then okay, so went to the Phillies. He get chipper. Yeah. He went to the Phillies for 90, 92 and retired with the Rockies in 93. Gotcha. Yeah. But, um, I like that take. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a very good one. All right. Um, what you what you want? NFL or yeah? Let's go. Let's go NFL. We'll do it in order NFL. of how we went through in the episode. Oh, perfect. Um, how should the Lions use Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery? Because um, I don't, I don't think you completely bench one of these guys. No, I, I think, I think Jameer needed more usage tonight. Personally, it seemed okay. like they were they were running it early in the game with him, and they liked what they saw. And then all of a sudden, it was all Montgomery in the backfield. Yeah. I think I think you run it just like how you run it last year. Look, Jameer Gibbs and DeAndre Swift both play a very good style of if you throw them the ball, they have the acceleration to get forward really quickly. They have crazy, crazy good acceleration. That's like the game changer for both of them. And they can kind of do anything on, on a check down. They can make something happen out of – thin air david montgomery strong physical runner but he's probably a little bit faster than jamal williams probably a better ball carrier than jamal williams 
but not quite that strong physical presence as much as Jamal. So that part you kind of pull away from him, but I think he's still kind of like, it's weird because Jamal didn't get the primary snaps DeAndre Swift did last year, but it feels like Montgomery should get the primary snaps, but like Jameer, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Like David Montgomery has earned his role in the NFL. Jameer just started. So I think Montgomery gets more snaps. I think Jameer should be more important when it comes to like the, the scheme of just an open field in front of you. I like that. I like that. That's a good good answer. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you this one. What NFL player that's not on the Steelers do you want to have a great season? Uh, I feel like Sauce would be the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could throw Aaron Rodgers in there too. Both Jets guys. Um, okay. I'm... <sighs> hmm. I'm, I'm kind of ready for C.D. Lamb to be, like, top three. Yeah. I, I think I'm kind of rooting for a, a massive season out of him. So so you want it to be, like, Jefferson Chase Lamb? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I, I just – I don't know. I've always been a fan of him. I, I even, you know, all the way back then I said there's going to be no transition for C.D. Lamb. He's just going to go to the NFL and it's going to be C.D. Lamb, like how it always yeah. has been. That's exactly what it's been, um, and he's only gotten better. So, uh, yeah, I want to see C.D. Lamb play well. All right. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I think for me, like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I want to see, I want to see Rogers play well, just because I'm, I've been an Aaron Rodgers fan for a long time. Yep. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him play well. That's probably the main one. Yeah. Okay. I like, like that. When it comes when it comes to this season, there's a lot for me to look forward to with, with Falcons players, at least more than I have to look forward to in <laughs> most years in the past. Yeah. Um. So, it's kind of hard to pay attention to other teams right now. Fair. Fair. Um. All right. Let's hear the soccer question. Um. I only have one for this one. Okay. Uh. So this one's kind of a two-parter because we both get to analyze our teams. But are Chelsea and Newcastle in trouble? Uh, No and no. Okay, why Newcastle? Why are they not in trouble? I I, I don't know. It's just – it seems like they're they're still in the transition. We we talked about it last year that – Last year was like their first year with money. This was their first summer transfer window with this money. It takes some time to get used to that. Like, a lot of teams that are at the top, they've had the money the whole time. And I think for Newcastle, the way that the transfer window has worked for them in the past is more like, give up this so we can get that and it's typically a very lateral move. They're, they're not typically making improvements. They're just finding replacements. Now it's about, oh, well, like, we can go out and get one of the best midfielders in Europe last year, like one of the best young midfielders. We can go out and get him, and he's actually going to want to play here. <laughs> yeah. And they did that. And they can go around England and be like, we can find this young, promising player and bring him into our squad. And they did that as well. Like, I think that they're 
they're in this transition phase of like getting used to having money. So I I think they're fine. It's just it happens that it was a tough schedule to start the season, and they're still kind of getting used to it. Okay, and then what about Chelsea? Chelsea, I mean, there's so much there. <laughs> there is. There's so much, and like the injuries are so unfortunate. But like at some point, when a couple of guys start moving back into this lineup, like I think. Potch's managerial strength shows off a little bit more. Yeah, it, it I just agree. seems like in their last couple matches they just look free range. Like it looks like nobody's telling them what they need to do. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it is, but like it doesn't. It's it's like it's. I'm trying to think of the word. It's like formationless almost. Like it's very fluid the way that they're playing. And I think it's just because you're missing a couple of key contributors. And as well as that, Potch just doesn't seem to be taking control yet. And I could be totally off with that. But that's how it looks to me. Okay. Um, so I'm going to echo what you said about Newcastle. I think you completely – you got it right there. Yeah. With Chelsea, I actually am worried about okay. Chelsea. And I, I have finally decided this, obviously, because we lost 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. That's a great result when you're Chelsea. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I was really high on this guy up until this game. Maybe Nicholas Jackson isn't enough. And I know, kind of like with what Newcastle is, except for without the money, it's a lot of moving parts that are still trying to come together. Like you said, a lot of injuries, but I I'm kind of starting to think now that maybe that's where Chelsea should have put a lot of their money is in that striker spot. Instead of getting Nicholas Jackson, I still like him and I still think he has an upside, but even if we brought in somebody to back him up, like brought back Giroud, I would have been fine with him starting over Nicholas Jackson right now. Um, Yeah. And I, I think um, Chelsea definitely aren't finished. I think, you know, we are going to get it figured out. I just have serious question marks about Nicholas Jackson in particular because we're not scoring goals enough. Yeah, and I think it's fair to to have these question marks. Look, you guys probably spent way too much money on the midfield. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Cole Palmer was a real kick in the balls for me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay. We spent $200 million combined on Caicedo and Lavia. And now let's go pick up this random 21-year-old who's not getting playing time at Man City. Exactly. It, it, it just doesn't make sense at all, really. And it's like, you guys don't even play in a, a formation that he really fits into because he really likes to play wide midfield. Yes. And... You guys run a five at the back, which doesn't warrant him to fit. Yeah. So I don't know where that comes from. Exactly. But, like, it just seems like like a lot of that money that you spent on Kaiseido, which doesn't look to be paying off right now, could have gone to a better striker. I, I still like Nicholas Jackson. I think he has tremendous skill. Yep. But... <clears throat> The way that you guys just way oversaturated that midfield, I think is going to hurt everybody around him. 
because it's going to be a different guy in there every single week. Yeah. Somebody's got to play every single week. Enzo is going to be the mainstay for sure. Gallagher's going to see the field. Caicedo has to see the field because you spent so much money. Like, I don't even think we've seen Lavia. <laughs> I don't think we have either. I don't even know if he's available in the squad. Like, I haven't seen him. And Cuckoo's going to come back. Chuck Wameka's going to come back. I don't know what the fuck you guys are going to do with all these players. I don't know either, man. I do not know either. I, I, honestly, Mikelo Mudrick could probably just go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a tough one. Boy. That is a, that, that's a, a hard one to watch. <laughs> Damn. I, we were so high on him. Yeah, we were. Oh, man. It was bad how, how much we believed in him. Ukrainian Messi. And he wears number 10 now to make it even worse. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Uh, Eden Hazard, man. He left a curse for that jersey. Well, I mean, Pulisic was okay, but not Eden Hazard yeah. good, so. Definitely not. But, damn. Brutal. Well, um, just to kind of preface my question, the Champions League starts September 19th. Group stages. Whoa. So, Closer than I thought. Yeah, not too far away. So yes. my question to you before this all starts is who is the objectively worst team that will make it to the knockout stage? Oh, okay. Let me look at the groups. Yeah. I How fast? Pulled up. I have like two possible. Um, I mean, is there a no? Never mind. I'm not even going to try to speak that into existence. Um, I'm going to say first, no. <laughs> there's not first, a world where Manchester United gets knocked out of their group. I was no. I was going to say, is there a way that Union Berlin goes in over Napoli? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't We're know. Not going in over Real Madrid if Jude Bellingham keeps playing like this, <laughs> bro. He's an animal over there. Yeah, he's literally the greatest of all time. He's over there, like it's over. <laughs> It's over, it's over. For everybody that came before him. <laughs> he's, he's the like best 20. player in Real Madrid's like history. 21? Um, yeah. I think he's 20. Jesus Christ. Actually, before before I even answer, it's a it's the podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want to. Yeah, it's uh, our podcast. J- June 29th, 2003. So yeah, he just turned 20. Dude, he's fucking younger than me. Oh, wow. Yeah, he oh, is younger man. than me. Um... He's older than Brock. <laughs> Damn Brock. Um, maybe PSV over Sevilla. That's that's definitely the first one I'm seeing. Yeah. I could I could see actually Celtic or Feyenoord going in over Lazio with Atletico Madrid. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's it. Maybe no Porto. Porto always makes waves. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, that, that would be who I would say. Yeah. So I'll go back. Celtic, Feyenoord, and Group B, or um, and Group B, PSV over Sevilla. Okay, yeah. So I'm in a pretty similar boat there. Um, I had PSV in Group B and Feyenoord in Group E. I don't think Celtic would. Um, And then I think maybe Shakhtar Donetsk could upset Porto. Yeah, it's a shot. They, they're just all they're like they're both two teams that just like to like randomly win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. 
So it, it, it could be coming from anywhere. But now the transfer news is gone, the, the Champions League just slides right in. <laughs> yep. So oh, what better timing. But nonetheless, that's the end of this episode. This is our first full two-person episode with the video on. And I'm going to look into the camera for this outro. I want to thank you guys for watching. Um, there was a great, great, great reception of Wednesday's episode, our first with the camera. Um, and I ran that one solo because it was my mistake that we fucked up the episode. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody that went to YouTube to watch that episode. We I don't think we've gotten that many um, on any of our YouTube episodes since I think the draft special. Oh, wow. Um, That's so, great. So thank you to you guys for watching that one on YouTube. And, um, yeah, uh, be excited. The The video episodes are here, and uh, this background's going to be changing a little bit. You, you already see that it changed from Wednesday's episode. I, I put up a, a black background, folded up the Dominic Wilkins jersey. There's a couple more things coming in the mail, so uh, we'll see. And I also didn't use the stick mic today because of the audio, and I can't hold it steady. So... <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate how everybody received that episode and just uh, going forward. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, this was so much fun. I got to act out the Gunnar Henderson play. Oh, <laughs> it, this, this yeah. brings a whole new level of um, I feel like personality and entertainment to the podcast. And we're so excited that, you know, we have um, faces to the faces to the podcast now. Yeah. It's very um, exciting. I'm glad that everybody can put a, a face to that voice you've been listening to for, um, almost 10 months now Actually, oh my god <laughs> i just thought of that August. bro bro my heart yeah. dropped because i was like you guys you and brock started it like in october right uh the the first week of november okay uh, of 2022 wow it's coming up it That's is insane. it is yeah so um stay tuned for that uh i've got some uh some ideas that i'm, uh, I'm gonna run by the boys for episode 100 um but nonetheless um yeah, thank you guys for watching, um, and please follow us on all the social media platforms. Um, you can actually see them right here at the bottom of the screen while you're watching this on YouTube. All of the handles there at the bottom, as well as the subreddit. I want you guys to join that subreddit, because I'd love for you guys to, instead of us having to bring the questions to questions time, I'd love for it to be user submitted. So yes. please join the subreddit or shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um, that's the best ways to reach us. And, um, for now, uh, Luke, do you have anything for the people? No, I'm just, uh, you know what? I do have stuff for the people, Grayson. Okay. I I'm that's very good. excited that, you know, the webcam is here. Yeah. Um, as you can tell, you know, with me acting out the play and, uh, Wednesday episode, like Grayson said, was treated so well. How about running back for my episode and then Colin's debut with the webcam, right? Yeah. Is he, yeah. he'll also be recording with one. So just super, super exciting stuff. And I want y'all to do the same thing to those two episodes that y'all did of the Wednesday episode. So it's uh, exciting stuff. Yeah. And really this exciting. is also just going to make the clips that much better. Um, like I said, I don't have much time to do them. Uh, hopefully I can find a little bit of time this weekend to do one, but um, yeah, th this should uh, kind of take us to that next step that, that I've been looking to do. So with that being said, like I said, follow on all the social media platforms, follow on the podcast platforms, like, subscribe, comment on YouTube, join the subreddit, 
and we will see y'all next week. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy some football, college and NFL. Yes, sir. And um, see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.